Wrestling Geeks Sorry, uh, I didn't realize we were rolling. Uh, hey, how's it going, guys? That was my impression of Cartman singing Come Sail Away uh, on an old random episode of South Park. But it doesn't matter. You're here for the hijinks. You're here to listen to me and my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, talk about professional wrestling. And that's exactly what we got for you guys today. You know, we got a great show. We got a lot of stuff to talk about with... Uh, you know, some shows from some companies like AEW and WWE, and we're going to talk about them. we got some news items, and I can't do this by myself, like I've said many times. With me is brother Christopher Ray Patton. How are you doing today, Chris? Oh, doing pretty good, man. It's uh, been a crazy week, but uh, outside of that, uh, today it's nice outside. It's not one million degrees like it has been in Georgia most of the summer, and uh, yeah, pretty good week overall, man. How about you? How's how's how'd your week go? You know, uh, me working in the warehouse, I definitely uh, appreciated, uh, you know, the fact that it wasn't as fucking hot as it has been. So good stuff. Um, and yeah, just a uh, normal work week. Um, I've been uh, going on like a little bit of a uh, Al Pacino uh, deep dive, and I'm going to continue to do that for a while with some of his early stuff. Uh, ever since I watched, after watching The Offer, watched The Godfather, watched The Godfather Part 2, I watched Scarface, and I watched Dog Day Afternoon and Serpico. So I'm enjoying trying to make a Serpico Al Pacino. And see, it sounds like fucking Little Nicky every time I fucking do that damn impression, but I'll, I'll get something sort of like it eventually i'm sure and uh people will ask me what the hell is that because that's a deep dive of, of doing a serpico impression chris <laughs> i don't want my brother coming out of that toilet with nothing but his dick in his hands um <laughs> yeah so uh out of those movies the one that you named that i know a lot of people love scarface i like that movie a lot but I, that's like something that could deal with uh like a fan recut of it <laughs> to take out about 40 minutes <laughs> of just it is pretty ridiculous random shit <laughs> you know should be back tomorrow you know all that type <laughs> of stuff it's it gets uh it gets pretty uh, i had to tell one of my coworkers who's hispanic uh he didn't realize that fucking uh, al pacino's italian he thought he was actually cuban and i was like mm-hmm. no actually that's how hollywood used to work unfortunately <laughs> in wwe for for that matter you know with yokozuna is the best example of that but we've gone about that many a times on the show she has like a uh or he has such a great fucking monologue in, in that which everyone knows the the restaurant monologue mm-hmm. where he's like you all point your fucking fat fingers at me like i'm the fucking bad guy it's uh it's great so yeah, that's cool it's amazing I was more talking about stuff I would cut out. It's like, I don't know, 
five minutes of like 80s songs that no one had ever heard of <laughs> montages like there's definitely a lot of those car <laughs> which is weird because this is the palmer's uh i don't want to i think it's his fourth or fifth film um and he made carrie he made a bunch of great movies between them but yeah this one's very drawn out i'd say but everything that al pacino's in every scene take it easy which hey eddie guerrero i wonder if he kind of like emphasized like that on purpose you know you got basically scarface there's a lot of stuff within wrestling razor ramon obviously another situation where vince was like you can be a cuban um so he literally redid that uh which is great uh <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. But yeah, man, I just I've been watching a lot of Pacino, watching a lot of wrestling and uh, couldn't be happier with how my week went. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw Scarface, I was probably like nine or ten and I rented it from whatever our local video store was at the time. It wasn't like a blockbuster. Was it like a double VHS? Yeah, it's like a double VHS with the classic movie poster on but i think like that was the first double vhs i had ever rented so i was like fucking baffled by it (laughs) and looking back on that uh there's a lot you could cut out of that movie to just make it one singular vhs i think (laughs) but yeah Uh, brian Brian, if you're out there uh chris wants to take you on in a uh wrestling match for charity so he's calling you out right now this is basically a promo <laughs> against brian de palmer <laughs> i like the movie a lot um and i've had friends that haven't seen it that i've watched it with in the past but uh i always give them like a, a like a pre-warning of this movie is better watched if you plan on taking like 15 minute <laughs> smoke breaks in between <laughs> in certain areas yeah it could have definitely used that and just like that in the Godfather fucking series. I love the Godfather movies, but my God, some of them are long as fuck, especially the second one. And I'm thinking about watching the third one, the new one that, that Coppola redid a couple of years back and his cut of the movie, if you will. But uh, I think we may, we might have talked about this on the last show. I don't think that tops or stops his daughter and her bad performance that should have been Winona Ryder. Um, uh, I don't know how you take that out of the film, so. Maybe I'm an asshole. Yeah, I let me know how it is because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to dedicate another watching of Godfather Three unless it, unless someone tells me that this this recut of the film is you know it, it is a trilogy sort of the fir- the first one's the middle and the second one is the beginning and the the third one and that's all you really have to do and some and I heard there's a cut that you can watch of the second one. So if you wanted to do that in chronological order, you could just pretend unless this fucking cuts amazing. Just pretend that one doesn't exist um, <laughs> from what I remember of just being like, damn, dude, this why is the third one usually fucks up the trilogies like Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, 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 they were pushing, pushing the limits there by trying to do a third movie in general, but. Oh, you you mean commercialism and money was involved? The reasoning of making a third fucking film in Hollywood, especially in the seventies? Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean, well, you know, Coppola's had to get that money so that he could open a wine vineyard and sell overpriced <laughs> shitty wine at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, at least he made a cool Dracula movie, and you know, Apocalypse Now. He's a he's a damn good director, but yeah, I completely agree with you. 
<laughs> Seemed like a fucking diva on the offer. <laughs> I'm, I'm out here taking shots at all these directors. They're going to show up at my house. <laughs> directors that we like, like, but yes, you know, deserve a, a little talking to. Um, uh, anyways, uh, but yeah, do we, we have wrestling stuff to talk about. People said things towards each other, I guess, Chris. So maybe we should, uh, head on in that direction. Um, first bit of stuff that's going, I don't know, man, there's a lot of little things, but big things at the same time. Um, let's talk about, first of all, uh, and I don't blame them especially you know due to the situation and how the 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 the, the fields have changed uh, you know now with Triple H in charge of WWE uh going forward or the television product going forward um I would say things are a bit different but Raj Giri uh per, you know quoted for uh, Pro Wrestling Insider he is the head of Wrestling Inc that they reported Tony Khan stated during a, a today's talent meeting uh, that AEW chief legal officer uh, Mega uh, Percard uh, sent an email. I just probably butchered the fuck out of her name, and I apologize. Uh, an email to WWE co-presidents Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon warning them not to tamper with their talent. Now, this is going off the rumors that we we're hearing that that happened. Um, some reports were saying that they were actually finding out the end of Chris Jericho's contract. Uh, there's other reports that it was for different talent, and this might have included uh, some talking in the past with MJF, actually. So this might have been a, a, a second time in actuality. But, uh, Chris, how do you feel about this situation? And, um, you know, I mean, I, I think they have every right to be like, hey, lay the fuck off. But, well, I don't know. What What's your opinion on it? Yeah, I'm surprised to hear the WWE is doing any kind of that stuff because they, well, they sued WCW over this in the past. So it's definitely something you can start a lawsuit up over, which from the sounds of this, this was like a legal cease and desist of please stop talking to our account talent that's already under contract. That's kind of what I gathered from these stories. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it seems it's just like legal practice, much to do about nothing. Who knows how how much of conversation was going back and forth, but apparently the wrestler let Tony know about it, and that's what came to them doing this. Uh, I mean, this was a part of a big uh, meeting within the company, I think, before Dynamite, in which they met up way earlier in the day and kind of, like, you know, talked about parameters and being able to come to him and Megan – I'm, I'm I'm having problems pronouncing her name, and just like also the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, all of them stepping up and being like, if you need to talk to someone, we need to start having more communication, basically, and you know going forward some of the issues that's happening within their company, including I, I I'm sure that you heard this, uh, Eddie Kingston was suspended. That's why he's been off uh, air because apparently um, Sammy Guevara, who coincidentally they were supposed to have this match coming up. Uh, that we don't know is going to happen anymore at all out. Um, but he said something about uh, his weight or his, you know, how in shape he is compared to him. And it pissed off Eddie to the extent of him uh, throwing a punch at him. So, you know, that's not good. But uh, I don't know. This is uh, this is pretty crazy. 
there's a lot more stuff to, uh, going on, you know, that we can see if they're drawing, basically if they're blurring the lines or if all this shit's legit, you know, we'll talk about Kenny Omega and, and Will Ospreay going off the air that wasn't for some reason on their fucking show, but uh, just a little bit of a, a little bit of chaos, I would say, in AEW in certain regards. Yeah, so when I was going back and reading The Observer Live, um, Meltzer kind of talked about the Eddie Kingston situation, that Eddie Kingston kind of admitted his wrongdoing and, and that he apparently has already apologized and thinks maybe he had taken whatever was said a little too far. So that's good that they got that settled. But this meeting and the contract stuff, it apparently wasn't just one talent. It was multiple talents WWE's reached out to. And the meeting was like specifically about chain of command and who to talk to and reassurance. And I think it was Alvarez that was basically saying, I, I, I don't know, like 70, 70% out of a hundred, right. Was like felt better after the meeting, but there were still some people that kind of are not necessarily happy about what has been currently going on in WWE, uh, including the punk situation. And they kind of gave more of a backstory to that where, some of this goes back to Colt Cabana and the fact that he's no longer in the dark order and hasn't been on AEW TV and isn't really under an AEW contract anymore. He's under a ring of honor contract. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess that blame is getting shifted to punk. I don't know how much truth there is to this, but those were kind of some of the reports and, and things that I had heard personally coming out of this. Um, but then again, I haven't listened to all of the wrestling media that's out there this week. Well, what sucks is that Kingston made a bunch of comments on last night. He just kept on going, you know, tweet after tweet about this. And it looks like he's gone ahead and deleted all of it off his uh, Twitter. And this was, like I said, last night or yesterday around four or five is when I was reading this happen live. Yeah, it looks like he deleted all of it. So, oh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, the last one, I'll just say this because it's a series of different tweets. The last one uh, yesterday was, fuck it, okay, then after this, I'm chilling, but I'm leaving Sammy alone. In a court of law, he is the victim. Let it go and leave the kid alone for real. It, uh, it is done. But, I mean, before this, did he really delete all these? God damn it. I mean, seriously, dude. Yeah, he had other ones leading up to it that looked a little bit more bitching about the whole entire situation or giving his half of it, but he deleted all of them and just made an apology at the end of it. So uh, I don't know. It's really convenient that, that we're, we're putting, since it seems like if this were to be taken any specifically with Sammy and Eddie Kingston as storyline um, situation, it just seems like it's relying on, People knowing that, just like the Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega thing, people knowing that they have a confrontation online. And, you know, I think that's kind of smart because a lot of people want to know all this type of stuff. But they were supposed to have a match, and I wonder if they still do, that he punched them after, you know, them getting a confrontation and then keeps on bringing it up on Twitter and then goes ahead, deletes the comments for whatever reason, and says the last one's like, fuck it, you know, I apologize. It just seems to convenient to I don't know you know me man I'm always like it's a work so I don't fucking know this and that 
Kenny and Will Ospreay, which will most likely be at Wrestling Kingdom, and Dave Meltzer is making it sound like that all is was a part of the program. You know, we, the MJF shit, the CM Punk shit, and then videotaping, documenting him later with his leg behind the scenes. I don't know. It's just a lot of convenient shit. And either kudos to AEW for handling it and trying to get forward past it, if it all is true, and or kudos to them if they're actually bringing some reality within their storylines. I don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah, I know with the, the punk thing that that was built into the storyline, they're still planning on doing that match at the pay-per-view. So unless something crazy happened in the past couple days, that that's still going to be the big main event. It's just kind of crazy. They're trying to set that up on Wednesday. As far as I've heard, the Kingston and <laughs> the Kingston match is off. They're just not doing that match. So. Um, Strange. Take that for what it is, and and uh, yeah. the hang the hangman stuff. He was literally told not to respond, and they haven't put him on TV since <laughs> that punk promo. So, well, what was weird last night on Rampage? Very noticeable that they were like, "Oh, this is going to be a three on three, and the Dark Order has this hidden member, and it ended up being ten. I wonder if that was initially like all of us thought, supposed to be Adam Page, or if next week they're going to do something to cause him." to go in tens, you know, spot or whoever, but it's just very weird that they would say it was a mystery opponent and it ended up being a fucking member of their team, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, the original rumor was not that he was going to be part of the three man team. And he actually said this with the bucks that he was going to be in their corner. Right. Um, so, I mean, there's whether or not they're going to turn some of this stuff into a storyline, it does sound like they're, is a lot of people with different feelings about whatever's going on in AEW coming from different places. And it's kind of starting to explode a little bit. Also, uh, an, another thing within that is the whole Thunder Rosa situation. She steps down as champion. Um, Observer is reporting that she's had a nagging back injury, but she ended up having uh, reported from her some paralysis even that really freaked her out. So she's going to be out for a while, but we hear about her having, Backstage heat with Jamie Hayter from accidentally breaking her nose. Her and Britt actually don't get along at all. And obviously Thunder Rosa is probably going to be out for a while because this sounds extremely serious. But, you know, is is there as much of a backlash or are they planting stuff within there? Uh, because people get their noses broken. I know that I guess Thunder Rosa, because she had a bad match with Let's let's face it, a crappy wrestler, no offense to Marina Shafir, and quote-unquote sandbagged her. Now there's been this narrative. Uh, she's out injured. You know, any of this stuff that sounds like cattiness, are they just trying to build any type of stuff, you know, to make it more into a storyline? Because I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see those women being that petty uh, with each other in actuality. So maybe it's just me. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Um... I, it's weird. Because I don't know what benefits out. them though. In the in the same regard, if she's injured though, that that's a good point, you know. Yeah, I mean, I th the idea was that they were going to put Tony Storm over anyways, because apparently, you know, Thunder Rosa has. Well, we all know that she has not had the best championship reign, um, and the actual popularity of their female wrestling since Britt Baker dropped the title has been kind of low. So they were going to change the title regardless. But the way that they did it on Dynamite, even with her being injured they're going with that interim thing again Ugh. but but in her promo she literally said like 
she was dropping the title completely. And then like a, like a few minutes later, they're like, Oh, we're setting up this match for an interim champion. I'm like, well, those are two different, two different things. Right? Also, don't you think it was noticeable that your champion who's dropping her title is doing this in a backstage vignette and not in front of the actual audience? I didn't, I didn't get that. I thought that was kind of stupid as well. Uh, just a kind of a crappy book job for the whole entire reign of champion that was Thunder Rosa. I feel like maybe she's one of those baby faces where the chase is better. Uh, but I don't know. I, I feel like as soon as she didn't even get to say anything about her title and then getting immediately attacked by Nyla Rose, and then it kind of went on from there of just worse after worse situation just kind of sucks. It ends with her being injured and who knows the extent of uh, that injury, you know, if there's paralysis involved. Yeah. Um, hopefully she's okay. If, if, if that, if she's legitimately suffering those issues that that sucks. Yeah. Um, but it's just weird the way they're going. Cause I mean, you would have to think if the original plan was to have her drop the title, then it was going on Tony Storm because that was the original matchup for this pay-per-view. Them making it be a four-way match makes me think that Britt Baker's getting the title back. So Probably. I don't, I don't know if the plan, whatever plans they had changed. Um, but regardless, the you would think that the next pay-per-view, at the very least, is going to have to be uh, an undisputed women's champion match. So probably Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa again. That's that seems to be something that we could definitely be seeing uh, for sure. But just uh, seems like a little bit of trouble in paradise. I'm sure that everything will be fine. I just I just wonder. Um, and I mean, we also have this interview that CM Punk did, you know, recently uh, with Sports Illustrated referring to the whole entire situation, um, saying that he's happy in the back and that all those reports are not true and there's not really much tension or whatnot. Who's no, who's the fucking believe whatever. Um, do you think, honestly, this man's a billionaire. He helps run a, uh, a English football team. Uh, he helps run a, you know, American football team. Is, is Tony kind of spreading himself thin and does he need more help on, you know, uh, an upper level, basically like a couple people that can help him with the whole situation, because I feel like he's doing a little bit of this too much by himself. And I think he also is a guy that puts his heart on the sleeve, honestly. Um, seems like it's kind of getting hard in a bit uh, due to situation, but it just, uh, do you think that he needs some more help? Uh, maybe not executive level, but like some generals. Cause I don't feel like he has anyone. I feel, I feel like it's just him and that's it. You know, his, his, the final say, very Vince McMahon of him. And that's it. I mean, it's supposed to be him, the Bucks, and Kenny, right? Yeah, I don't know. But, but, uh, then when you bring, but then when you bring in stars that are bigger than them, um, as, you're, as many people have put it here, your shiny new toys, I'm sure that's some of the fallout to this, right? Uh, it's it's not it's not going to be just one particular thing. All these people are fighting over. Um, this is one of those questions. It's like, can you really be a successful wrestling promoter if you're also a fan? Because in the past, history has kind of told us it doesn't really <laughs> it 
because they don't really go hand in hand very well. Money marks. I think that's one of the major criticisms of of Tony Khan is that um, sometimes people see his fandom kind of overshadowing the company he's trying to run. So he has plenty of people there that could do exactly what you're saying, right? Like Arn Anderson, for instance, William Regal. There are people there that could play that general role. Um, the problem is, is you've when you created this with Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks, you set up the expectation that the elite are your kind of underneath guys. And when you start bringing in people like Brian Danielson and John Moxley and Chris Jericho and uh, uh, people that have made money on a very, very high level and have had very massive careers, you you start muddying the waters of if they're actually going to listen to those people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, It's got to be, I mean, the, there's going to be politics in wrestling no matter what. And there's always going to be politics in wrestling. Um, but it just, so it's, it's a hard situation. Um, so I, I have, I have a little bit from, uh, the observers, uh, exact quotes from CM Punk about the whole situation with sports illustrated. Then we'll call it a day and start doing, going over some of these shows or maybe a couple more news items outside of AEW. But, um, they asked him basically if he feels creatively fulfilled in AEW. And he says, yes, 100%. You try not to put too much stock into internet rumors, but for AEW, I definitely think that's part of our audience. Twitter's not real life, though. On top of that, a lie makes it away uh, around the world twice before the truth puts it, uh, his boots on or gets out of bed. If I addressed every rumor, I'd be here all day. I love AEW. It's not a competition of who loves it more or who's uh, the heart and soul or who's this or who's that. AEW showed me a second chance to do what I do best, and that's professional wrestling. Um, And basically, they asked about the backstage friction uh, within it in him and, uh, you know, how it's been made public. And is that one side of the story? It's one side of the story, said Punk. My locker room is never closed. It's always been open. Anybody who wants to DM me, uh, maybe like Dave Meltzer or some shit, can come talk to me about it. It's not macho, stupid bullshit. I'm an adult. I'll come talk to you. Uh, and then asked about the hangman stuff. Uh, he made it more sound like that wasn't personal or to basically sell tickets for the future. Uh, basically saying that's what I'm here to do. Uh, make people want to see what happens next. I'm trying to sell tickets to the live events, uh, and also the actual shows that goes, uh, back to me saying Twitter isn't real world. Twitter is a bunch of people that don't really care about your opinion. They want to find like minded opinions that share, uh, their, their worldview on wrestling. I'm trying to tell stories, sell tickets, and get people to tune into Dynamite and Rampage. So, um, yeah, that seems to be it, pretty much. Uh, Also, Tony Khan was on Busted Open and kind of talked about his side real quick. It was a small quote. It's unresolved anger, I think, uh, with the situation of Punk and Hangman, I mean. It's unresolved anger, I think, from the world title match at Double or Nothing and stuff leading up to it. We haven't really tied up all those issues. 
there was clearly some stuff that didn't get resolved at double or nothing. So a lot of words. I mean, once again, I'm, I know that I sound like a dumb fan when saying this, but like now listening to all this, even Tony's response, am I supposed to not believe that you're just basically trying to set up something for CM Punk and Adam Page soon in the future? And that's what all of this really fucking was, because it just makes me think it is. I know what we hear from, you know, any of the uh, big uh, journals, journal, journals. Wow, I can't even say it. I'll just say dirt sheets. I don't mean that in a disparaging way, even though that usually comes off it. With them, I don't know, Chris. Um, what did you think about the comments, uh, mostly from Punk and also from Tony with this whole situation? I mean, Punk's comments came off as very Vince Russo, blame it on the dirt sheets. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. There's lots of people. Obviously, there was a problem if you have to fucking call a meeting, right? There's there's issues going on, and this was kind of the one that kicked off the kind of the doors opening to everything that's going on backstage. So something happened. Uh, the fact that you've kept Tangman Page off TV and didn't have him address this in any form or fashion, basically making him look like a fucking coward as one of your top baby faces. It's really hard for me to digest that that was just that's it's all it's all a work. And we're just doing this to sell tickets. Um, but if that's the story they're going to roll with, that's fine. It's their, it's their prerogative. I, I do think that, you know, hearing the stuff that came out of that meeting, it was there was no like Punk didn't address the situation to even the people in the back. Right. So something's going on. Do you think <laughs> Punk was actually at the meeting? I don't know. Isn't that part of the thing? fucking <laughs> fucking part of the problem if he wasn't? You know so, what I mean? I would expect if he did, because we heard uh, that Chris Jericho also talked to everyone about an open locker room and coming to him if he wants to talk about. And there was a couple other wrestlers, maybe uh, Brian Danielson, that said the same incentive after, obviously, Tony talked and then um, the Bucks and Kenny talked and then the other guys talked. Uh, but it's just weird. I don't hear mention of Punk. It It seems like he's too loud not to fucking talk on one of these things and i'm just wondering if he was even at the fucking thing to begin with yeah i mean who knows it's it's, it's cm punk right so he's he kind of has controversy around him wherever he goes um not necessarily he likes to blur always, the lines he does like to blur the lines i mean that's part of what you get when you, you and know, when i say that too not to cut off chris when i mean by blurring the lines it's not just so much working the audience it's also working some of the wrestlers which a lot of wrestlers have been called out for doing in the past. And I feel like he likes to add more stuff underneath, uh, not just with people that are viewing it from Twitter or whatever the fuck he's saying, but also the wrestlers themselves who might not be aware of where he's going. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess to me, the biggest thing is no one should be surprised that CM Punk is kind of a dick. <laughs> so it, it, it's, I know that this is supposed to be that everyone is nice to each other. And we're trying to make a better wrestling company for everyone. But it's, once you get these levels of personalities and people that have drawn, drawn millions and millions of dollars together, as WCW has shown us, uh, they're not always going to get along. So you just got to, as a company, you just have to figure out a way to deal with that. And if you know you run into a situation like this where a guy comes out and says something that's not part of the storyline or any storyline that you have planned for your next pay-per-view, you can't just like shrug it off. 
you got to take some kind of stand against it, but that's the situation you're kind of in with CM Punk. And I will, I will go back to this. I think there's probably a lot more heat going back to the initial offer AEW made made to him that he kind of fucking buried because he got a tweet, right? Or not tweet, a fucking text message to try to set up a meeting from Cody. If you remember that, and this was going back before he signed with AEW, so. Uh, if you were part of that company and, and got shrugged off and then you see this guy get brought in to essentially just become champion with three or four months after he returned. But there's, but, there's but, 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 you are, you are missing, you're missing a big key within this. What happened to AEW and its popularity after CM Punk came in? Because Tony Khan's gone off saying that he's the highest grossing thing about the pay-per-views. They've doubled and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's there there's bad with good you know if you're not fucking if you're a wrestler in there show your worth basically and we me and you specifically talked about how bad the Adam Page championship run was going through so I'm just saying I'm also adding he might be a dick but he actually you know makes money for your company right and I'm not disagreeing with that that's the I mean that's the thing you you're you got it's a it's a razor thin like line right like you gotta you're gonna have to walk that tightrope with cm punk but uh as far as like the business goes that i mean the ratings didn't drop that much with him out so i don't know I, it, to me it's it's hopefully this is all bullshit and it's a storyline otherwise you know i there's there's people there that would have reasons to have their feelings hurt going back to before he even signed with the company well, yeah, no, I agree, but also at the same time, people's getting their feelings hurt. I don't really have uh, too much sympathy <laughs> for that concept either. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't either. But when they're like, when they're supposedly your VPs under or whatever the fuck title they have under Tony Khan, that's a that's a bit of a problem. That's yeah, that's a good point. Um, speaking about one of the VPs, we'll wrap it up. I I, I didn't realize how much this was AEW related. Uh, we'll wrap it up with basically I have the transcripts from the promo. That was awesome, by the way, since they actually videotaped it like, you know, it was televised, the interaction between Omega and Osprey uh, that went off after Dynamite. Um, I have the words said for both guys, the promo off, if you will. You know, I am believing uh, just because usually with wrestlers, they can do this. They can be professional even if they don't like each other. Uh, a lot of there is a lot of heat, it seems like, between Osprey and Kenny Omega, and that did get pretty tense. I will say it, it still kind of looked like pro wrestling, so I don't know how much of it was really legit or like we keep on saying, blurring the lines. But damn, Kenny got the last word and definitely said what he had to say. So it starts off and says o Omega, you know, comes out with the Bucks at the end of the show. Aussie Open with Will Ospreay are in the ring, and Kenny cuts a promo uh, talking to the audience. Please give our friends from New Japan a wonderful AEW welcome. Now I'm going to do something very special that perhaps I shouldn't. Don't make me regret it, uh, Will, because you guys are the guests and you won in the main event. Give these people a piece of your mind. Tell these people how you feel. Thank these people for giving us their time tonight. Now that you guys are in the big leagues, 
that's just one of your daily duties. See if you can handle the responsibilities, Will. Hopefully you can handle it a little better than filling my shoes in New Japan. And after that, Osprey, I mean, like I said, selling it (laughs) or not, he looked pretty fucking pissed about this whole entire thing. Osprey says, I didn't know the cleaner was such a pussy. Fill your shoes. The way I see things is the short time I've been in New Japan, you've done, or in New Japan, I've done more than you have, you fragile little bitch. Kenny Omega was wearing t-shirt when he came back. What's the matter? Hiding that belly of yours? Are the abs gone, brother? Is that what it is? Look at you, covered in tape. I just did a G1, went to the finale, and had another five-star match. While I've been uh, while I've been working, you've been sitting down and getting the young bites to wipe your ass. Face it, you guys. Uh, have built a wonderful empire here, but it wouldn't be good unless you invited me to come over. Money where your mouth is. Next week, United Empire versus the Elite. We will win. So I have the response from Kenny, but I, I thought I'd let you uh, comment on the first two. Uh, you know, I definitely think Kenny at first pulling punches, setting up Will that he is going to fucking go off on him and not talk to the audience, and gave a, a good amount of firepower at the end for Kenny. But uh, I liked Will's response uh, to it. And uh, he has a lot of truth, but um, I think that Omega would end up giving him a truth bomb uh, right back. What did you think about all this, Chris? So I, I love the, the, these promos back and forth in general. Um, I think Kenny kind of got the better of him at the at the end, especially when because when, Will Osprey brings up having these five star matches in the G1. And when you're getting into Kenny's rebuttal, doesn't he say something to the effect of like, that's great. Keep having the best matches that no one remembers, which I thought yeah, was basically, pretty fucking funny. I'm selling out houses when I was in New Japan in the G1 and you're playing in front of what? 3000 people like good job, bro. But it, at the same time, a little bit of it's not Will's fault because we're still coming off the pandemic in Japan, especially where they can't have large audiences, you know? So is that Will's fault for the last couple of years or the fault of what's been going on? I mean, there is that, you know? So at least the, the, the rumors going on between them is that there's no actual heat. And this is like a storyline because they're going to do yeah. two or three matches with them, but it is a good storyline, <laughs> right? <laughs> the pros are great. And it's definitely not Will's fault. But there's some truth to what Kenny Omega said. Like, if you, I mean, does anything that Will's done really compare to, you know, Omega versus Okada? That's kind of the shot, right? Yep. So he said basically, big deal. You won against Okada in the finals. I won against Okada and beat him in the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. Like, I don't want to hear it about your accomplishments. Your accomplishments have been trying to fill my shoes and also be, you know, Kata's little protege is is kind of how he puts it. And I love how during that time, he, you know, we have we have uh, Kenny that's down at the ring at the apron and Will Ospreay, who's trying to, like, get held back by Aussie Open, comes underneath the rope and gets right the fuck in his face just sitting down, you know, and that's obviously where things escalate, where they're pulling Kenny away. And Will's like jumping at him and shit like that while he's saying all this stuff. So 
Real or not real, it was uh, it was fun and should have probably been on fucking dynamite, I guess. Yeah, I don't understand why you would even do this promo if you're not gonna fucking put it on dynamite because it was this would have been one of the better things on that show. Yep. Right. And it's I mean, they're, you know, they're building to that match. That's probably going to be one of the matches they have at Wrestle Kingdom. Yep. Which will be fucking awesome, because honestly, I don't know. I mean, you, it's like a Sean Jericho situation from what was that? 2004, 2005. Uh, and I think I think they could have a fucking awesome, awesome match and set of matches too. good feud between the two that could keep on going. And honestly, Chris, I've not seen Kenny Omega this comfortable or good in the mic in a long time in AEW. I'm trying to think of a time where he was actually as convincing and also, I don't know, he just, he he was great. This should have been on the fucking show. But. Well, this is like the first time we haven't had him in a, let's say, silly-esque storyline, right? Even when he was where, champion. Where he's he not whispering. Like this the whole entire time. I'm talking like this with the inflection of his voice. I mean, even with his title run, they had him tied in with Anderson and Gallows, the Young Bucks, and Michael uh, Nakazawa doing kind of silly stuff up until like maybe his last three title matches. I mean, I think his like title matches themselves were really good and stood on their own, and he was definitely trying to be Kenny the Belt Collector. But as far as like the promos, that was more of a goofy character, and it seems like with him coming back, it's it's more of – I don't want to say the cleaner because I don't think that he's ever going to completely just be Kenny Omega the cleaner again. But it seems like a different take, like he's kind of recreating his self, which makes sense because you would, I would assume that he's going to have this match with Osprey. They'll set something up for Wrestle Kingdom, and in the meantime, he's going to be feuding with Adam Page because that's, that's what I think most AEW fans want to see is some resolution between those two, right? Yeah, we got to get the click back. I mean, the elite back together. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, Kenny, get the extensions back, man. We love you. We want the long fucking ridiculous hair. I will say, great line at the end of his promo to Will. Uh, he said, you see, Will, I gave you the impossible task of filling my shoes. Maybe I shouldn't have given uh, you a pair of shoes when you really needed a diaper since you haven't grown up yet. And Will was very mad about that comment. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun no matter what they, they build out of that. It's the same thing. I think it'll be fucking great if they tie this into Kazuchika Okada coming out at some point and be like, I made both of you guys. That's what someone put. I've, I've, <laughs> I've uh, used the Okada gift that's available of him just, like, looking – Going, oh, really? But not saying that and just like shaking his head for people. That's like the two the two greatest wrestlers on earth. Yeah, okay. Well, you forgot one. Definitely in front of that. Um, what are you gonna do? But that that's I mean, that's part of the storyline, right? Like his protege versus one of his biggest rivals. That's something you could tie in. There's a lot of fun things you can do with that in both Japan and AEW if if you don't try to rush it and build a pay-per-view in four fucking weeks, AEW, looking at you. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're so close that we have no idea what the fuck's going on with the pay-per-view. When they turn to WWE, it's literally next weekend, isn't it? Or the weekend after that. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm gonna have What's to the give championship little, match? I'm going to have to give them a little bit of a pass on some of this shit just because yeah. like, 
<laughs> they got all this backstage shit going on. Their women's champion apparently is injured. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna give them give a little bit of a pass, but That's a you're, you're right. You're not wrong. <laughs> We've already had one match that we we know was announced and is not going to be there, which is Kingston and Sammy Guevara. So, uh, uh, no, everything's turning up uh, roses and flowers for Triple H. At the moment, versus thank Bill you, Khan. thank you, I, thank you, I appreciate that. It's just you know people have bad luck. I mean, this is uh, I would say over the past like three or four months, AEW's the, with all the injuries and trying to rush book that New Japan pay per view and having to change like what seven of the ten matches that were on there. Uh, they've just kind of had like some shit luck lately. Yep. And hopefully things are on the up and up, but we'll give uh, AEW a break. They did have a good rampage. Um, well, we'll talk about one thing on it, but we'll get there. <laughs> uh, but, you know, good wrestling. At least we're having good wrestling on television for the most part. There's nothing cringeworthy, I think, on the main products. I, I agree with you. I think the, uh, this is not taking anything away from AEW because I think they've still continued to put out good shows through all of this. So that's actually kind of impressive. Yep. Um, so I wanted to uh, talk about two more things and we'll get to the shows. Uh, one of them. Uh, so, you know, there was this group in WWE, uh, probably mid to late 90s. Uh, no, no, no. Mid 90s. Definitely. Uh, it was uh, Jeff Jarrett and his roadie. Would uh, end up becoming the road dog, Jesse James. And uh, throughout this, we found out that Jeff Jarrett's singing career was bullshit. And that the road dog was singing the whole entire time, uh, my baby tonight, which is what Jeff Jarrett actually was listening to uh, after getting let go from WWE and the road dog, Jesse James, getting his job. Uh, I mean, if this is not pro wrestling, this is not pro wrestling, Chris, I swear to God. And, uh, you know, what Jarrett was doing under Vince for a while now uh, was he was senior senior vice president of live events. Um, so basically he was involved with, you know, helping the actual live events, you know, how they're produced and stuff like that and whatnot. Uh, and to note, this is something that, um, uh, Road Dog did previously, uh, in NXT for a little while before he was let go. But before that, during actually a, a brighter time, uh, within SmackDown under the Vince McMahon regime, which is weird that I can say that now. Um, so just, uh, just strange. Um, I don't think Jeff necessarily, it seemed like was doing a bad job, but just short reign, very similar to like the Eric Bischoff, uh, and even Paul Heyman, uh, them running the shows concept. And, uh, I hope to see Jeff, uh, maybe show up in either his home, if you will, in a lot of ways with impact, not so much cause it's not TNA anymore. Or maybe even going for the uh, NWA title again uh, in the NWA. You'd be a fun person to throw in there. He really impressed me building up to the uh, Ric Flair match. Um, and uh, not so much him being a, just a good guy referee, even though he's a heel for fucking SummerSlam. I don't know what the hell that was. But, yeah, did that. Got a big payday for that, Chris, and then got fired. Yeah, so like part of that job is actually just promoting with the venues, right? Like going out to the venues and 
and talking to them about different sponsorships and stuff. Isn't that part of what he was doing? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because he got let go by WWE, then rehired, and then do we know if he was let go or if he asked to be let go? Has he said anything? Because I haven't seen anything about like the reasoning of why he was released. Uh, PW Insider reported that he had been let go, uh, would believed he wrapped up his duties last Friday, and then basically Road Dog was put in charge of that position shortly after that. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, it's just kind of, it's coming off the back of that stark ass thing. And being that Jarrett's been trying to restart a wrestling company for a long period of time, I wonder if. Are we, are we going to get Global Force Wrestling finally? <laughs> I was going to say maybe he's trying to do something with Conrad um, to start a new company. But uh, other than that, like wherever Jeff Jarrett shows up, I'll, I'll be a fan and interested to see what he will do. It's just it's coming off the heels of that Starcast thing. So I'm just wondering if that has anything to do with not necessarily him being there or being a part of it, but maybe he has some other aspirations or things that he wants to do. That's why I was kind of asking, has there been, has he said anything? Has there been any information of why he feels like he got released, et cetera? No, no, I have no idea. It says that they let him go, but you know, I, I love the idea that you're toying with in your head. I think they have a cool IP uh, with Jim Crockett's promotions. And if, they can actually make it something where it's a pay-per-view style thing and Conrad's involved. Obviously Conrad's very well off, but they can keep people and legends involved like Ric Flair for guest commentary, uh, even do the whole Tony and, and if, if he's allowed to with AEW, but do Tony and, um, and, uh, which Crockett is it? Uh, Dave Crockett, uh, you know, keep that aesthetic and Jarrett's actually more of an executive in charge, maybe with some of the other guys that, you know, he's involved with, uh, Conrad is, that would be, uh, that would be very interesting. Uh, people like, and NWA makes a good amount of money. I think that Billy's putting a lot of his in. Um, and I don't know how much that would be the case with, if that was Jarrett and, uh, Conrad possibly doing that together, but it's, it's extremely interesting. And I would love that. It would be a fun little niche, uh, wrestling organization. And, if you got good lineups and you're sharing with the other companies like you did before, especially if they did like a crossover with NWA, that would be that would be a lot of fun. Jared can do that. Yeah, I mean he would be a good guy to help promote that stuff and get into specific arenas, etc. Um, I mean even if they only did it as like quarterly pay-per-views, like four pay-per-views yeah. a year, and make it like an entire fan convention, kind of like they already do with Starcast. I mean, I think there's definitely room for that, especially if they're going to be working with all those different companies like they did at Flair's last match. So I, it's just it's just kind of curious that those things fell kind of one after the other. Very convenient, for sure. Um, how do you feel about Road Dog uh, now being involved, you know, back with the company in his old job underneath Triple H? And also, how long until they uh, get rid of Michael P.S. Hayes and get Kevin Nash to take his spot? <laughs> dude, dude, dude. I don't know that Kevin Nash wants that fucking travel schedule. <laughs> um, D- trips, I appreciate it, but no, nah, man. 
No, I'm gonna. I, I'm. I'm making my own weed right now. <laughs> Fuck that. Uh, he's like, I'd make more money signing NWO merch at conventions, dude. Um, I, yeah. As far as Road Dog getting signed back, I didn't think he did a terrible job, even though I did kind of hate the Becky heel turn. That's probably the most notable thing was him turning Becky heel, and the only reason that worked is that the fans were so against it, and then they hated Nia, and Nia accidentally broke Becky's jaw, which just made her a huge baby face. But that's like the most notable thing I can think about when when I'm when you think about SmackDown during that time period, right? Like, what's some other things that he did then? Because the show was kind of bad. Oh, it was plenty bad. <laughs> Jesus. But I, I don't remember any of the wrestlers having any negative things to say about him, like working with him or anything during that time period. Uh, he would freak out on Twitter. So maybe if you're triple H, you're like, get off the fucking Twitter machine, bud. Well, I mean, that should be, they should definitely do that. I would say, you know, uh, everyone, I mean, when you're at the level, when you're, when you're at the level of that, like it's like vice president of what talent or live show promotions or whatever the hell, when you have that kind of title, you can't be on Twitter arguing with fucking wrestling fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like you didn't see Vince McMahon being like, well, you just didn't understand what was going on. Uh, oh God. But <laughs> you know that if Vince actually understood it and like was a part of the generation, he would have been on fucking Twitter. You little motherfucker. You probably get sued immediately. Um, finding out from it. But I, I'm sure he was like, ah, I don't, I don't type. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like, um, you know, when people freaked out about the Becky stuff, he immediately started defending himself even before he was released from WWE online against yep. wrestling fans. It's like, there's no, you don't, you don't need to defend yourself, dude. Yeah, Worst case scenario, not- after the fact, you can blame it on fucking Vince. <laughs> it was Vince's idea. <laughs> you don't need to, like, uh, start. I mean, I don't know. I just think it's in poor taste to just argue with your fans. Or your company's fans. It's kind of a weird. It's it's like an ass backwards kind of thing. No, it's it's the same reason why a while back I got mad at Carl Anderson for just fucking being so combative for people calling him out about something decent and just like threatening to punch them and shit. Like some fucking people, it's like put down the beer, get away from your computer. You're making yourself look bad. Road Dog, I love Road Dog Jesse James. You know. And it's funny because I guess he doesn't need a job from AEW anymore. Um, he was <laughs> so happy when Triple H. Hey, Road Dog, uh, <laughs> do you want to come and wait? Yes, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking random. But you know what was... that means, though, right? We're not going to get the acclaim. God damn it, with Billy Gunn against the. the... I'm just sad about that, man. <laughs> You're going to get them with Jeff Jarrett. That'll be the. <laughs> Uh, Chuck Palumbo, what he, what's he doing? Is he still running that motorcycle <laughs> shop or whatever? Okay, let's get Chuck for it. Um, <laughs> before we go into stuff, I got a little mini update from NXT about some stuff that I do like that is happening going forward. Now, even though Sean says that there was no involvement from Bruce Pritchard or no final say anything from Vince or any type of – that was all him. So weird that a couple weeks afterwards, and maybe it's also because they're dissolving 
one organization over in the UK. But still, uh, it seems a little bit better. So I was impressed. We're not going to go over to the fucking show. But you got to realize now, uh, with NXT, you know, UK, they're they're taking that out of the situation. They're merging the UK title with the NXT title. Uh, and it looks like they're eventually going to be doing this NXT Europe that they're going to start fresh. There'll be some wrestlers from the previous NXT UK, basically guys and gals that are more centralized to that location involved in the future with that. Um, but a lot of the wrestlers, especially the big wrestlers, trickled into NXT and made a lot of appearances. Now, also, Legado del Fantasma seems like they're out. And they had their outing. They left and they're going to WWE. They had a situation where, um, I don't know, he got out of his whole thing with the Mafia and finally was able to leave and then grabbed his group and they left in a black SUV. But also a beautiful moment that I can't believe I actually enjoyed where Indy Hartwell lost a match and she was just completely bewildered. And out of nowhere, her husband, Dexter Loomis, came and... He uh, held her out of the place. They looked very happy, and then the cops came and took Dexter Loomis. So, uh, like I said, I actually enjoyed that stuff, and I'm pretty mad at myself for doing that. Uh, where's the roster, though? Where the fuck is this damn NXT roster? I'm trying to fucking look up this with the changes. You, you can comment on I, the uh, Dexter Loomis shit if you want. Yeah, so the Dexter Loomis thing, that's, that was one of the more enjoyable... One of the more enjoyable things once they started releasing talent and moving people to the main roster, as far as like recent memory of NXT, that was one of the better storylines. I would say that and the Cameron Grimes storyline with Ted DiBiase. Yep. Probably the most memorable stuff of the past, I don't know, I'd almost say like a year of, of NXT, like going back a year. So it's cool that they tied, you know, like a wink and nod, even if it's not going to be a main part of that show. Now, there was some real shit on this show. Did you see this fucking Wendy Chu main event? I, I honestly tuned out by that, man. I was enjoying the stuff I enjoyed, and I knew it was going to be bad. Uh, they, <laughs> no offense to Wendy Chu. I think I understand why they had her under a mask for about a fucking year in that other group, um, being the great Muda monster queen lady. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this uh, <laughs> the problem more so is like what they decided to do. So I know Vince is gone. They do a lights out match. They fucking do kind of the fiend lighting <laughs> <laughs> throughout this entire main event. There was also another uh, God. What the hell is that tag team's name? I can't remember. There was a tag. There was like basically a tag match where the refs watching. Uh one of the teams get the shit kicked out of him, and then he does like a count out instead of a DQ to do a DQ finish. <laughs> so uh, there was some, there was some bad stuff on this show. Uh, Miko Satomura coming back. That's awesome. Like there's some good stuff. I, I don't know that I'm ready to start investing. No, two no, hours no. Of my week yet, but with all the green ass talent, having some of these people now, you know, involved in it, and we'll go over. So they have Gallus made their uh, way over here. So now we have Wolfgang, we have the Kofi brothers, um, including Joe Kofi. Tyler Bate is now going to be in a match going against Braun Breaker to unify the titles. Bra uh, he's 
he's going to be over here uh, from now on out. It sa- uh, sounds like Solo Sokoa actually is going to be making his main roster debut. That's what I've been hearing. Um, trying to go. They got they got Roderick Strong in a weird situation where like the Diamond Mine doesn't even like him. I hope just do something fucking with him. Nathan Frazier's over here. That's uh, Seth Rollins' um, student that was in AEW for like a second before deciding to come over. We have Mako Satomura, like you said, the women's champion. The former champion had to give up her championship, uh, Blair Davenport, a.k.a. Bea Priestley, because she got injured. She's back. And then also uh, Mandy Rose, uh, who is the NXT champion. They're unifying that belt. And it looks like both those ladies will be here permanently. Um, I know I'm missing a couple. I know A-Kid is now like a calm or something who's like this new mass wrestler, which is interesting. Uh, so like basically a lot of the guys that everyone liked over in the UK are over here. Charles Dempsey made his appearance being the worst coach in Chase U, uh, just beating up the students. And uh, I don't know if he's going to work out there, but Charles Demp- Demp- or Charlie Dempsey is apparently the son of William Regal. He really is, but he looks like he's more of the son of Roger Daltrey, Chris. Uh, but <laughs> dude, if you're telling me Regal's son and he's 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 in shape, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes with him on this product. Yep. My biggest problem with that storyline is it's just Timothy Thatcher. It's like the yeah. same fucking storyline. They could have just brought Timothy Thatcher back. Unless he signed somewhere that I'm unaware of. I don't know, but man, the two of them together would have been even like a cooler concept. I wish that Charlie was actually in the uh, the Black the Blackpool Combat Club. How the hell did that go through? But who knows? Uh, he he looks he looks impressive. So let's see if he can back it up in the ring like his father. Um, when did Boa? I'm looking at this fucking roster. When did Boa become the Great Muda? With the hell is going on? All right. <laughs> I um, don't have it. I don't remember the last time I saw Boa. In a match, because this it, this was probably oh. the first full episode of NXT I've watched, and it's only because Raw and SmackDown had been really good. So I was like, okay, out of curiosity, uh, that and the NXT being dissolved, which we talked about on last week's episode, NXT UK, I should say. Yeah. Uh, that piqued my curiosity. So this is the first full episode of NXT I've watched in, God, since the Dexter Loomis wedding Jesus Christ. Yeah, this was one of the first ones I watched in a while, but I definitely I would check it out here and there and be like, all right, that's the reason why I don't watch this anymore. And I switch it. But another guy from the UK, J.D. McDonough, uh, past Cruiserweight champion. Uh, Really, I I don't know why they have to change. His name is uh, Jordan Devlin, the Irish ace uh, and also noted the Finn Balor's protege, basically. So that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of the UK people I like. So that's that's good. And I know that Ilya Dragunov is set to come back to NXT when he is done with his injury. Wait, they repackaged someone? So Fabian Eichner, they didn't keep him, obviously, in Walter's group. And now he's Giovanni Vinci with the goatee. What, did they think that I wouldn't be able to notice that's Fabian Eichner? <laughs> they don't get Jeez. that. That's... Let's just say that, I mean, once Vince threw the fucking gimmick on him, how do you get it back off? That's more of the problem, right? Yep. All right. Well, like, I'm sure they're going to try to do that with Walter. <laughs> to change him back to Walter, you would think, but I guess time will tell. I, I will say um, 
them bringing in that NXT lineup is great. The women's division in WWE is going to be really, really fucking good. Oh, very yeah. soon, especially if they're going to let the champions travel with these tag belts. Uh, there is a lot of cool stuff that they could do. That was more of the problem with the tag belts in general was there was no focus on it, but it seems like Triple H is starting to gear up to have more of a focus on tag wrestling. And if that's the case, uh, and well, maybe that's, that's another one. Road Dog in. Past tag champions, uh, whatchamacallit, Pretty Deadly, uh, they're also now over here from the UK, and they've had, uh, what the fuck's their names? The two soccer hooligans, one of them's bald, and he over-exaggerates everything. I don't God know, but dude. pretty deadly were the people I was talking about that were in that match with like the fucking weird ass DQ finish I was talking about. Sure, something weird happened with them. Um, yeah, I can't remember what the fuck their name is. The Grizzled Young Vips. That's who I was talking about. Are they gonna put Mustache Mountain back together? That's the real well, question. Uh, apparently, he's not <laughs> even on here. I don't know since. He's such a coach figure over there. If he's actually going to be helping develop this new uh, Europe thing. Um, and you're talking about, fuck, God dang it. Oh, God. Tyler Bates' tag partner is Trevor. Nope, that's not it. My brain hurts. Okay, I'm going into sleep mode. <laughs> All right, one more question before we get out of this NXT show, since we're having trouble remembering the NXT UK roster, which is not really our fault because... That yeah. show has been forgotten about even by WWE to some extent, uh, which is why it's being dissolved. Uh, that being said, Bea Priestley, that's fucking great. That's cool that she's going to be over here. Does that mean that Will Ospreay is going to be wrapping it up in New Japan proper <laughs> soon? Because the whole know, reason man. she went to the whole reason she went to NXT UK instead of signing with AEW was so they could stay together, like be closer together. But if she's going to be working in fucking Tampa, Florida. Uh, <laughs> does that mean all signs point to Will Ospreay leaving New Japan? It could be. But would that be in a situation where he'd be going to AEW, or would he want to possibly go to WWE now, you know? Uh, I don't know. It's an interesting it's crazy. question. Well, dude, and this never happened. When Triple H took over, it's a completely different thing. Back, it's like, there's no fucking way I'd want Will Ospreay to have to deal with Vincent man at all, but I don't know. Now it's like, or he could do really well. And they had the same built in, uh, going back and forth with him and Seth Rollins since Will Ospreay likes to battle everyone on Twitter. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see, I could see either or, right. Um, just depends on what he wants to do. If he's trying to have like five star matches still, then you'll, you'll pretty much have to go to AEW. I would think. Yeah. Or just pick and choose basically between his opponents. Um, one, one, uh, one thing I want to say is that it is Trent seven. There you go. That's the, uh, other member of mustache mountain along with Tyler Bate, the one who trained Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn. Uh, maybe that's why I said, since he has a lot of behind the scenes stuff over at the UK, I'm wondering if he's part of the European branch now and trying to set that up, which would make a lot of sense. Him and triple H seem to have a really good relationship. Uh, but yeah, that's it. William Regal's son's here. We got some cool merging matches. So some fun stuff in NXT and then also like, some horrid uh, dog shit. Um, but that happens, right? Yep. Uh, one thing I would do is I would put Pete Dunne back on NXT and repackage him as fucking Pete Dunne and maybe have him do a run-in on this Tyler Bate 
um, Braun Breaker match. I'm I'm gonna admit though, last night I really started appreciating Pete Dunne's like character work because I just love how like uh fucking what the hell's his name? The guy who broke his uh, foot from doing a uh, a thing to the outside. Uh, Ridge Holland is that is he still Ridge going Holland. by Ridge Holland? Uh, yeah, Ridge Holland will just be standing there, and Pete Dunne will stop pushing him, and he'll just be like, "Dude, calm the fuck down! Like, what the hell's your problem?" And I'll have to like go grab him, like he's like a fucking pit bull. So at least he's getting into it. But yeah, man, I I miss. I don't think that that's gonna be much longer. I feel like, you know, the Bruiser weight will be back soon. Uh, hopefully. Perfect time. Perfect time to bring him back to reignite that feud with Tyler Bates, right? It would be amazing. I'd love that. Oh, all right. Well, uh, well, let's go to the fucking next thing. I'm sorry to any person from Scotland or maybe even Ireland. I don't know who I offended at all within that last thing. But anyways, uh, let's go to Monday Night Raw, Chris. Raw, you know, was a good episode, I'd say for the most part. Um, we would start off with the opening of Seth Rollins and Riddle brawling backstage, uh, into the crowd. Uh, they had officials break them up several times. Um, but then they would basically go to the back again, still brawling while people are trying to back them up. And then they went into the show. Now this is the second time they've done this. I will say that it seemed like more like cool. This is random and different. Uh, the last time, and I think it was Logan Paul and the Miz last time. So maybe they should, if they're gonna do these, kind of stretch them out a little bit. But uh, interesting way to open up Monday Night Raw, I would say. Yeah, I mean this is better than getting a 20-minute promo, right? So we will we'll see. But if it does just become like a weekly format thing where they're gonna do it, I it. it it's too early to say, but yeah, it was a fun way to start the show. Yeah. All right. And so at the beginning of it, we are in Toronto. It seems like also, I guess we can talk about this separately too. Chris is kind of cool concept, probably stealing from AEW, but it makes a lot of sense for any sports organization to go f- towards each city, uh, as opposed to make, making maybe a big deal essentially of the wrestlers that are from that city, which, they're highlighting they did that night in Toronto as well, uh, you know, with Edge and everything. But specifically, Trish is out tonight. Awesome seeing her. And then next week when they're in Pittsburgh, Kurt Angle is going to be a part of the show. Um, are they trying to borrow their right-leaning uh, SNL format of the late 2000s with having hosts, but this time they're actually doing it more sports and they'll have, like, you know, a big wrestler from each town kind of uh, be a part of the whole thing. Because I like that if that's the case. I like it as long as it's wrestlers and you're not just trying to shove some shitty movie down my throat. That I don't Exactly. Like that fucking when Hugh Jackman showed up for that goddamn robot fighting movie. <laughs> it's about a, it was about, like, a father and son's love. I mean, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine and he's, you know, a great actor. <laughs> But holy shit, was that bad? Uh, and there, I mean, there were, that's not even the worst atrocity of, of that. So if they're going to just start bringing in legends from the past or people that have worked with WWE to do spots, like if they're in Brooklyn and they bring in the fucking Brooklyn Brawler or something, like I'm fine with that. That could be fun in small doses. 
Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I agree with you. Don't do it too crazy. Um, but anyway, she does come out. She opens up Monday Night Raw. Uh, she's talking about, you know, her past in, uh, in, in within WWE and being in Toronto. And she basically kind of alludes to maybe he, she's not, you know, completely done, which I loved her last match with with Charlotte. But, you know, I always say that it's kind of fucked up. The way it seemed like WWE basically would be like, okay, now you're getting in your mid to late 40s, so you need to retire, as opposed to men. So if Trish wants to fucking come back, especially what it was kind of alluding to, if she does, I'm down for it. But I do love the last match she did have. But uh, that person I'm referring to, Bailey, came out with Io Sky and Dakota Kai, and they were kind of pressuring Trish and getting her face, and Trish was not backing down. Uh, but to back her up, we had the champion come out, um, and you know she was she was basically putting over uh, Trish throughout the whole thing, saying that she is a legend. Bianca Belair was you know putting a lot of praise for her, and Bailey was like, "Look, if you guys are talking to talk and trying to insult us, but there's three of us and there's two of you, and this would lead to the match that we were trying to get to." Uh, while uh, Alexa Bliss and um, I'm sorry, uh, Alexa Bliss and what was the person with the Alexa Bliss? Oh, Oscar, duh, came out, made it four on three, and we would get to our first tag team match. How'd you like this open with Trish and her back and forth with Bailey? Them kind of alluding to possibly a match between the two of them. Do you want to see Trish back at all? I would love to see Trish versus Bailey. That could be fun. Um, I, if Trish comes back, is it to do something with Ronda? I'm trying to think of when, what you would, if you're going to bring her back, it would be for like WrestleMania, right? And if that's the case, like, who would you put her against? Would you would you go like Trish Stratus, the legend, versus like a Ronda Rousey? It makes sense for Big Marquee to have that. I'm just wondering if. You know, especially if Sasha does come back, I know that that's one of her biggest um, uh, influences. Did she ever get a chance to go against Trish? I don't think Bailey has either. I don't think I don't think so because Trish didn't really the didn't work too many singles matches. I think she did, they did that match with her and Lita, right? And then she was in one of the Rumbles, and then I know she did that match with John Morrison and Snooki. Uh, at WrestleMania. I'm trying to remember other matches Trish has been in in the past, I'll say, Just her years. and Charlotte, right? At SummerSlam? Yeah, as far as the singles match goes, I think that's the only one, right? That's why it's, that's a good one to go off on, but I, I don't think Trish is actually, you know, she definitely doesn't look it. She's not that old, so if she wants to come back and go against Bailey or Ronda or whoever out of the lineup, a lot of good wrestlers. I'd like to see it happen. It just seemed that they were kind of alluding with her and Bailey, which would be awesome as well. I'm sure they would have a great match. Trish is still in ridiculous fucking shape. She's got that. She's got like a workout program, kind of like DDPs. That's like yeah. yoga based, and it's fucking ridiculous. So, like, if you guys ever want a hard challenge for people that work out out there, see if you can find one of those workout sessions with Trish Stratus. It's fucking. It's pretty ridiculous. So, uh, if she wanted to come back and do something, that, that it would be really cool. Um, as far as this tag tournament goes, this thing is is 
is shit the bed. And it's not necessarily their fault because they've had like multiple injuries and then have had to switch tag teams. A bunch. Mo- of mostly from NXT. Market. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. That does Gigi, suck. Gigi Dolan got a fucking concussion on last week's SmackDown, so they've shifted the tournament into a weird four-way match. Uh, that doesn't affect the side of the bracket that is EO Sky, I guess, as a tag team. It's not going to affect them that much. But the other side of this bracket is, uh, goddamn, is it pretty rough. Yeah, and then this match, obviously, a very competitive match, Alexa Bliss and Oscar versus EO Sky and Dakota Kai. I thought EO and Dakota, once again, I think the second time we've seen them good as a tag team, and they would end up winning with high, with with some hijinks. But, uh, you know, we got to see uh, Bailey, uh, you know, be on commentary and just completely, uh, besides Corey, just destroy the other two people the whole entire time. So that was good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like this decision. I mean, I like Oscar and Alexa Bliss, fine, but it just seems like, it makes more sense for EO and Dakota to get the win. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I feel like they're going to win the entire tournament. And if you're going to start moving them around each product, including NXT, um, like Bailey showing back up on NXT, even as this heel character would be a huge deal. Same thing with EO, right? So uh, I think that's a, uh, that's a cool move. And I do think that is the route they're going. So uh, I, I love this like fabulous Freebird thing that, that Bailey has going on with EO and Dakota. It'll be fun if like Bailey gets the uh, women's belt. They got the they got three belts and then they start just rotating each other into these various tag matches. That that would be where I would go with this. Uh, well, where I would have went with this is not put Bailey in this weird group, but it <laughs> seems to be working out okay. So I can't yeah. complain about it. And let's face it, after last night and them doing the uh, the past uh, teams that didn't win, giving them a last chance, we got them, Io Sky and Dakota going against Raquel and Aaliyah. Raquel's awesome. I'm hoping that they give her a push, but they got to figure out something. I'm, I'm liking they're doing – I mean, there was a point in time where I was like, Aaliyah, this poor girl, they've had like three generations of NXT talent go, <laughs> she's still here, but she is in the finals. And they are going to fucking lose against Eosky and Dakota. So best believe that's going to happen. She's still really bad in the ring. <laughs> She's so, trying so hard, man. We'll give her some more chances. <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give her credit. Um, it, you know, another reason to go with Dakota and Eo winning this tournament is if if you are able to re-sign Naomi and Sasha... Uh, you kind of have one. You have a built-in feud with Sasha and Bailey if you want to go that yeah. route. Um, but you also can have the ch- tag team champs that never really lost the belts coming back um, for for a rematch. So that's there's some cool stuff they can do with that. I I really dig that idea. Actually, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. Actually. And this time, like, Bailey inserts herself and causes the, them to lose or something like that. You can, you can do some fun shit with that. Um, yeah, and with with Triple H there, we might actually get a fucking payoff on that rivalry that those two had for, like, seemingly five years. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, but the first 40 minutes of Raw, I thought it started off good, man. It 
some of it different, some of it not. Uh, we had a, uh, you know, Dolph Ziggler and Finn Balor. Uh, what, wait, wait, sorry. My brain's not working. Dolph Ziggler battled Finn Balor in the second match of the night. Uh, but before that, they went to uh, the ring. They had a backstage uh, altercation that ended up with the Prince getting punched in the face by the show off. That was pretty, that was pretty cool. I mean, look. Dolph Ziggler is losing like a motherfucker, but I just love how, you know, Finn's giving him all this shit, and then he pushes him, and then he punches his ass, knocks him on the ground, goes to go to the ring when his music goes off, comes back and goes, "Hey, bitch, you coming?" Uh, I thought I I, uh, I I like I like his sass, Chris. Uh, but they had a really good match. Uh, I mean, what do you expect? But uh, yeah, coup de gras. Um. Or was missed, that's right. And then uh, Dolph got the uh, zigzag, but uh, Finn kicked out at the last moment. And then there was a cheap shot from Rhea Ripley, and Balor was able to get the coup de grace for the second time for the win. Um, but, you know, two good wrestlers. You just wish that, I don't know, there was a fresh coat of paint on either of them. Love Finn Balor, really like Dolph Ziggler. But I did like that. Dolph Ziggler being a little bit of uh, arrogant uh, before the match. Does this set up like Bobby Roode coming back to help him against this group? Ooh, I like that idea. I definitely like that idea. Bringing back the diamond mind. Can we we have Bobby Roode come out to his old shit with the platform and everything? Oh, God, they're not the diamond mind. What the hell were the dirty dogs, right? Dirty dogs, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bring back the Dirty Dogs. Let's do that. That'll be fun as like a mid-card tag team feud. They gave me like a Midnight Express type of feel to them. I really like them together. You it know? was like it was like if Rick Rude and Shawn Michaels were a tag team, which would have been <laughs> cool as fuck. Or him yeah. and Henning. Yeah, it, it's kind of that. It, but uh, yeah, I actually dug them as a tag team. Like we talked about this, I think last week as well. So I don't, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. But they uh, uh they definitely suffered from just only having one tag team to feud against. Yeah. I think it's funny because there was a part part in time that I remember where Finn Balor backstage was like trying to like get onto him about being this old legend and just to know that Finn Balor is a year younger (laughs) than fucking Dolph Ziggler. Uh, But what are you going to do? That's still kind of (laughs) funny. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler could just point out that like Finn's it's not even really a legend in New Japan. <laughs> I mean, he could could point that out. He'd be a dick if he wanted to, but uh, we still love Finn Balor. I love Finn uh, Balor. He he deserves better, much better in, in the WWE world. But hopefully, uh, hopefully dude, that I brought will this up. Change. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think I brought this up last time. I don't know why I'm just recently starting picking up on it, but. I love how Dolph does the when he gets thrown into the fucking turnbuckle, he goes, you know, head or face first and just takes that shit like Bret Hart basically back in the day. I really appreciate that. It just looks devastating every time he does it. He does a bunch of really small things that are very, very good. Yep. Uh, (laughs) The person notes on this on Bleacher Report, Ziggler hits the Fame Master better than either one of his kids, or either one of Billy Gunn's kids. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's funny. 
I can't wait for the ass boys and Chuck Palumbo. That's all. I'm still on this. I think it's, I think it's a million dollar idea. <laughs> I, 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 oh God. That's funny. There's, there's stepdad Chuck. Stepdad Chuck. <laughs> oh my God. And then the whole like, it's, oh my God, that would be hilarious. Uh, anyways. All right. So we have Chad Gable and Otis. Uh, and they're coming out, and they're basically taking applications for uh, Alpha Academy. And Gable issued an open challenge. I thought it was a tag match. I thought this was going Kevin Owens randomly with Sammy, but that did not happen. But uh, anyways, uh, the person that answered the uh, challenge is Canada's own uh, Kevin Owens. And even though they weren't in Quebec and they were over in Toronto, the fucking crowd went nuts for him. And uh, they had a good match. I just love that Gable. And I hope maybe there's some interaction between him and Kurt Angle next this next week on Raw because I, I I really do appreciate him. But I I love that he's able he's been able to do very similar to what Kurt did, very similar to even like you know what Owen did beforehand. He, everyone knows that he's good in the ring. He's an Olympian, you know. But he's able to put the silliness and also do good kind of funny shit heel shit within his matches as well as going toe to toe. Uh, but Kevin Owens won with the stunner. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, he he actually got the uh, pop-up powerbomb, I mean. And then Otis attacked Owens uh, as soon as the match was over, but the Canadian was able to get back and hit him with a stunner. Uh, and then he dropped Gable on the uh, top of the big man with a powerbomb to egg the segment. I mean, he, he murdered the Alpha Academy. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, do you like the booking of Kevin Owens under uh, Triple H? Week uh, three, I think. Fuck yes. Let's keep it rolling. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling. Uh, yeah, no, this was awesome. And it, you know, not necessarily hometown guy, but obviously a Canadian hero. It's It was fun. There was somebody that had a great fucking sign that said, vote Kevin Owens for prime minister. <laughs> Made me laugh pretty hard. <laughs> With like a photo of him in a suit. Um, it was pretty good. But uh, yeah, this was a fun match. And I like Kevin Owens booking Alpha Academy. Once again, I think they're trying to build that tag division up and they're a good team. So I hope they keep them together at least for a little bit. And maybe we'll get some interaction with Kurt next week. I think that could be very, very funny. Just a little bit, especially if there's any comments about, are you sure I wasn't your biological son? Like, what? fuck. Um, anyways, so Aaliyah's in the back. It's getting ready for her match. Oh, no, I don't even think she had a match, uh, but she's in the back. And then EO Sky, Bailey and Dakota Kai came up and they started basically like, you know, belittling her. Um, Trish Stratus came back. She's going back and forth and calling out Bailey about, you know, not wrestling in such a long time. And, you know, Aaliyah challenges her and they go to a match. And, you know, I, I guess this was a whole concept of like making it look like Bailey needs to get the cobwebs off. But she was. She was awesome in the ring. She beat her, and Bailey won the match relatively quick. I liked her uh, new gear. Uh, it was uh, it was something. I don't know <laughs> if was I something. was Bailey, and they're like your your first match back. You have to go against Aaliyah. I'd be like, nah, I'm still hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. It, yeah. She. I like the new ring gear. Thought this was a good first win for Bailey, and it makes sense within the sense of the tournament. But man. Aaliyah's still putting on some very bad performances in the ring. She's doing what she can, man. She's doing. We we we, we believe. 
at, the, at this point, I just want her to like come out one day and be fucking Owen Hart, like good, as long as she's was in development. Um, hey, well, at least Leah lost in her hometown of Toronto, you know, like most wrestlers do. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, they gave them Trish and Kevin Owens. You can't complain too much. That's way more than Vince would have gave you. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, uh, next match. We had Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles. I love them backstage before they went to commercial getting you know ready for this match. And it's just AJ and Bobby Lashley just going down the hallway. I feel like they don't use that type of shot as much. And I, I, it just looked like they were like, I wouldn't want to fuck with AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley. More so because of Bobby Lashley. But, you know, they look like a team, right? Yeah. That that's a that's one hell of an interesting team. <laughs> I think that would be be short lived with those two guys, right? But it that's a yeah. It was a cool it was a cool shot. I agree with you. So this is very interesting. Uh, they were going against Miz and Champa. They're having a good match, but I think the biggest thing that happened and is reason why I guess Dexter Loomis finally got arrested on NXT. Um, where the fuck's the Miz? Because we have this fake out that happens over by the announce table. Because I said last week, you know, was he going for Miz or is he going for AJ? Dexter Loomis is always in the same scenes with both of them. And we had this no-name guy come out and grab AJ, but he got jumped by security. And uh, while that was happening, since security was handling that dude, Dexter Loomis came out and just fucking, what was he, in riot gear? And takes off his mask, (laughs) grabs the Miz. Uh, to to Tommaso Ciampa's dismay and uh, takes him out, just, you know. And I'm sure that Maris was very pissed off about the poor handling of her husband, and we don't know where the Miz is, and we're scared. But uh, I don't know where the fuck they're going, but it's interesting, I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, and the match was good until the no contest at the end, but at least if you're going to have a no contest, you have some wacky-ass fucking thing like this happen. Yeah, is Miz trapped in that same room as Austin Theory was? Is that what they're <laughs> what they're doing with him? It's, no, the broom closet that uh, Aleister Black was for over a year. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, <laughs> so I thought at first when this random guy grabbed, because he didn't look like a wrestler or anything, I, just, I thought that was just a random fan, honestly. So they got me with that. If that guy, if that guy wasn't just a random fan, they they got they got over on me with that. He was a decoy for the Miz's assailant, Dexter Loomis. Why does Dexter Loomis want the Miz? I don't know. Maybe he wants Maurice. He's a fucking creep. I don't know. He does creepy shit. It's kind he of loves Indy Hartwell. You you shut your whore mouth. He loves Indy Hartwell. I don't know. Index. He's a creep. Maybe, maybe he's a fucking polygamist. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not coming with you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like he's he's a fucking... His entire character is that he's a creep weirdo. So. And an artist, He's got to do whatever he wants. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Also an artist. Oh, God. I can't wait to come back to Raw. Like, he got arrested at NXT. Or are they going to pretend that didn't happen? Ah, we'll, we'll figure it out. It's okay. Uh, I we mean, got- Stone Cold got arrested, like, every other week, so... <laughs> it doesn't... Goddamn, I'll be back. I don't give a fuck if I waste all my goddamn money. What? <laughs> God, Wharton, 48 states. What? <laughs> uh, 
uh, <laughs> yeah, but you get what I'm saying. And WWE lore getting arrested doesn't mean anything. But they have done this arrest thing multiple times because didn't fucking uh, Ronda get arrested as well? She, she was she was a very good person to be arrested. <laughs> well, this time you got the last two times she's gotten arrested, she's gotten like kicking matches with ba- with uh, Becky and then Charlotte before that. And knocking out windows and shit. She's not really good to be arrested. And this time, she was she walked out peacefully. I think. <laughs> in uh, in AEW, you can try to run a man over with a car and not get arrested. Though so. you could be Tony Schiavone and almost lose your life because you're interviewing a person like Christian. Uh, <laughs> it's just <laughs> wrestling is funny <laughs> with you when you just look at it through a non-wrestling fan lens so I, I gotta ask you before we get into it love seeing this return you got a great ovation randomly in toronto especially since the majority of him being a part of the wwe family and johnny gargano has been on nxt obviously with like a little stint with him in um champa tagging for a little while on main shows and i think it was actually that show where people got caught up at the airport um and then like nxt people like adam cole and them had to come in and help out on a smackdown but uh johnny gargano was this a a political move chris like you know he was talking to it or at least we were it was reported he was talking to AEW. Um, but you know, he was also saying that he was enjoying his child and, you know, being around it and, and stuff, whatever parents do, uh, with children. Um, but also now we have triple H here. We have dynamite in his home state hometown and they decide to premiere him two nights on a random show in Toronto and not when they were in Ohio, like, I think two weeks before that, like, was this like a, yeah, if you, if you think you're seeing Johnny Gargano on Dynamite, that's not fucking happening. Does it, did it give you any of those type of vibes? Definitely. And I, if that's what they were going for, I think it was a smart move, right? Like, because I didn't expect him to show up on a random ass fucking Raw. So the one, the surprise, I think, worked really well. And uh, two, it did. Like anyone that would have just tuned in because they knew Johnny Gargano might show up on Dynamite, they that would have been spoiled for them, <laughs> right? That so, was a great return, right? And his like, uh, his, I don't know if you had his inter- or if you heard his interview kind of after that, talking about his coming back. It was kind of weird because he was like, I, I, I was just hoping that like two people would remember me. It's like, dude, you've only been gone for like seven or eight months. It's not been years or anything. But uh, it was a that was a fun interview with him. So if you listeners out there haven't seen that, it, it's worth a read. It was definitely good having him back. It was definitely good him being that over. Um, I mean, even if it wasn't like, like I'm not saying that he got a John Cena reaction or fucking Sammy's reaction last week or Kevin Owens reaction, obviously in Toronto or anything like that. But it was a big enough pop since the fact that Johnny's barely ever been on the main product. So him coming out, I don't know. I, I loved, did you have something to say? Well, I was just going to say the Canadian fans in general popped for all of the former NXT guys pretty hard, even Finn Balor as a heel. So I think it's, it's more of just their love of that style of wrestling. 
Um, yeah. So it, that that is another reason why it wasn't a bad idea to debut him there, say as opposed to like Sandusky or some shit. Yeah, I don't want to do it in Sandusky. Um, but uh, yeah, it just he was he just seemed floored. He was extremely positive. He came out to his old music, not the Ways music, which I was very happy about. Uh, but you know, just talked about what he had been doing and thinking about, you know, whether he'd come back to wrestling and, uh, and now he's here basically. And I, I really felt like a lot of that Johnny is such a good fucking baby face. And that's because he is a good guy that you want to do well. You know, it's, it's, he just has that type of Ricky Morton, Ricky steamboat, like just perfect baby face. And he does a good heel actually, you know, it was more of a funny heel, but, I think he belongs to the baby face. I, I loved his old music. Uh, I love them blurring the lines with Austin theory, him coming in and it ending up with Austin basically taking jabs at him to the point where, you know, was he going to shake his hand and then he super kicked him right in the face. So I don't know what they're doing with that Gargano, but I think him and Austin theory, they know each other. They like each other. They'll probably have a great feud. And this will be a good step. Uh, in a certain direction for Johnny Gargano because he's like uh, Brian Danielson, uh, Sammy, Sammy. Um, I was about to say Sammy Hager, Sammy Zayn, uh, before he was a heel. Like he's just a great pure baby face and he's a fucking great wrestler too. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I think it is cool that they did a throwback to NXT with him and Austin theory as well. So that's, that's cool. Hopefully they start doing more of that going forward. But this means pretty much, I would say, I mean, I guess not necessarily, but just from his course and the fact that he has the the uh, the suitcase, if they have a feud or at least a match, I, I would say that Austin Theory has got to at least get the first uh, win over Johnny Gargano. I mean, I guess, but he's like, he lost like a bunch of matches right after he won that thing. So does it really matter? Probably not, I guess. Because the kind of heel that Austin Theory is, he's just going to cash in kind of similar to The Miz, right? Like he's going to shit back yeah. his way to a title. So I don't think it matters. You could have Gargano win. As long as it's not like a match for the briefcase. I kind of hate when they do that uh, stupid thing. Like if you go back to like the Tucker incident, which I don't think they're going to do. But the, uh, the heavy machinery where Otis won the thing and then they had like a fucking – wrestling court and all like as long as they don't do something like that i think it's you know be fine yeah no i agree uh all right so our main events damian priest edge uh i thought this was a really good match uh rhea ripley and finn balor did not accompany uh whatchamacallit uh finn balor or did not accompany damian priest the ring uh, we saw Beth Phoenix in the crowd as the match was going. Of course, they would be going to her after every uh, spot that would, uh, you know, jeopardize Edge. Makes sense. What do you, you know? Um, but anyways, these guys had a great brawl. I mean, they're they just seem like they would be similar in style, and they are. And um, what was it? I think that yeah, Edge used to uh, used a uh, power bomb to send Priest. Through the timekeeper's uh, area, uh, that was a pretty cool spot. 
Uh, I liked the Canadian Destroyer. I mean, it's overdone, but if you're going to do it, uh, at least be a Canadian wrestler trying to do it. And he looks just as ridiculous as Dustin Rhodes doing it, but they both, you know, Dustin really nails it. But they're tall dudes. They shouldn't be able to fucking do that. Um, Anyways, uh, he would inevitably get after that the spear for the win. And then afterwards, Rhea Ripley came out. And we had a, you know, a stare down with Ripley and Balor going against uh, per, or, uh, Edge and um, and Beth Phoenix uh, that kind of went off the air. So looks like we're going to go down that route, which I'm down for. Um, I know Rhea Ripley and Beth Phoenix have wanted to work together. Uh, Rhea, if you watch the recent documentary about Beth Phoenix, looked up to her a lot. So. That makes sense, and Balor and Edge, they now get a chance to tackle. Or maybe they'll put Priest and they'll get a third person. Who knows? But, uh, hey, do you think Christian could do it? <laughs> um, yeah, so, no. <laughs> but he, So, with Rhea no. Ripley, isn't she, isn't she gone until, like, October, November? I'm not sure. I think she was nursing an injury, but I, I didn't know what the extent of, like, how long she'd be out. Yeah. Was it was it she hurt her knee or gave herself a concussion? I can't remember. I know it's when she hit. She the got ropes a concussion. Or, okay, so then she should be. I, I would hope should be good to come back. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I with Edge's run, how much of this run has been spent them setting up intergendered fucking tag matches with Beth Phoenix? <laughs> I know. I agree with you, but. I'll let this one slide. I mean, honestly, I don't know why we just can't do, and maybe they will. Maybe I'm jumping ahead, but I don't know why you just don't do Rhea Ripley versus Beth Phoenix. That's a pretty like, big match by itself. I think that's a fine way to go. I get why you would do it with Maurice, just because she, I, she wasn't a bad wrestler or anything, but she would, she never was that great anyway, so you can hide a lot of her flaws, and she hasn't been wrestling full-time in a very long time. Um but with Rhea versus Beth, I feel like, you know, you give them some time to work out a match together. They can have a good match on their own. So hopefully they go that route. Um, also, I saw a really fucking funny photo of someone photoshopping Rhea Ripley's head over top of China's body and Dominic's head over top of Eddie Guerrero's body. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God, I hope that's a fucking thing. That'd be hilarious. I love the, I love how she's making jokes about that, too, on Twitter. Like, yeah. About Dominic. I think that's hilarious. She's actually with uh, Buddy Matthews, I believe. No, he's with Julia Hart. I saw it on the TV. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought it was uh, uh, Leah Mysterio. (laughs) He was actually with. Oh, yeah. Uh, He he proposed to her. and We never got a resolution to that. I'm guessing that they, they didn't get married. They don't like each other in real life. All right, well, one last thing that, that came from this. Uh, Edge basically clarified, and I don't know if he's – it's it's around the same time within a year, so I would assume it would be next SummerSlam, but this is going to be the last year of him wrestling, and this will be the way that he wants to go out. He's going to have some big matches, but a year from now – um, and I ha- also don't know, maybe SummerSlams might be in Toronto. No, none of that was said, but he was basically saying a year from now, I'm uh, stepping down. And I would assume it would be at SummerSlam 
which was what two weeks after. So, um, if Edge wants to fucking retire, he got to get some time back into his career that was taken away from him from an injury, and I'm happy for him. And let's just hope he has some cool feuds uh, until next year. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the the biggest thing is when you put a timeline like that on what you have left to do, who are you going to start booking him in matches against? Cause that almost becomes the Ric Flair retirement thing where if Ric Flair lost a match, he would have to retire. So once you put like, I have one year left now, every like all fans are going to want to see very specific feuds. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and who they book edge against going forward. Cause I don't see them putting him in the heavyweight title picture again right now no i don't either um you know uh, i guess we'll we'll find out that is a good question my question more so though is who should be the last match and to me there's only one person that i'd like to see do that and i think he would take a break from his busy ass schedule if requested to and that's john cena yeah, I would say either Cena or Orton. This would be the, the two. Yep. I mean, I would say Triple H, but, but I don't think he's would, gonna wrestle. If they can get Cena with a much enough time to be able to come back, you know, a couple like two months leading into it, and give it a little bit more time, and that's gonna be hard with his busy ass schedule. But if they can do it, where I, I mean, people are gonna still cheer for him, but edges as a heel against babyface Cena one more time, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd be down for that match. It, it actually would probably work in Edge's favor too, as far as like having one last good big match. Just their in-ring styles work well together, so that wouldn't that wouldn't be the worst thing in the entire world. It's uh, it's uh, interesting to talk about. But all right, let's uh, let's move on to the next show. If I didn't delete it, no, I didn't. All right, Dynamite. Nope, that's SmackDown. All right, there you go. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, so we started out with a with Chris Jericho basically in the ring, um, and this is what he was alluding to last week. He was going to have a face to face with Daniel Garcia and give him a chance to apologize. Well, Garcia comes out and. He's pissed off at the concept, claiming that Chris Jericho, you know, ruined a really good moment for his career. Even though he didn't lose or he lost, uh, you know, he had a few with his idol with, uh, you know, someone that has meant a lot to him throughout his career. And before that, and, you know, it was a big deal to him to be able to shake Brian Danielson's fan or Brian Danielson's hand. Uh, since he was a fan of him and Jericho screwed it all up and made it about him. And, you know, Jericho, Jericho was taken off a little bit, but he understood to an extent. And, uh, we had a situation where Jericho basically says that, like, you know, making the whole sports entertainer, like you are a sports entertainer and everyone's cheering, like you are a wrestler, which is not aging now that we can say wrestler in the other format, but you know, we'll figure it out. Uh, but, that goes back and forth until Brian Danielson comes out and 
you know, he comes in the ring and puts over, uh, you know, Garcia for their match and for being a good wrestler, calls out Chris Jericho for his bullshit. And at some point, Daniel Garcia, you know, no, 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 that's that's what happens. We have a situation where once again, you know, Chris Jericho starts putting it to Garcia and gets in the face of Brian Danielson. And this would have uh, triggered Daniel to push Jericho on his ass again and run off. Um, and then you had Brian Danielson, you know, Jericho gets in his face. They talk about Jericho's never liked him and essentially setting up a match at all out with Chris Jericho, the Lionheart going against the American dragon, Brian Danielson. And I am really excited about this match. I think this should be good. I heard that these guys have had matches in the past in WWE and with no offense to Chris, that being several years far from this and he's in great shape and he's doing stuff that I haven't seen him do in a long time, but him a little bit younger against a little bit younger Brian Danielson. I'll have to check out their WWE matches, um, or I mean to soon, but this, this is an awesome match. It's a good marquee match. You know, the American Dragon versus the Lionheart. And um, I'm wondering if this is all a swerve and that Daniel Garcia is just going to fuck uh, Brian Danielson over. I think that that's definitely a possibility. What do you think about this opening, Chris? I don't know if I'd go that route. I mean, it's very possible, but Daniel Garcia is getting over. I think this I, the entire storyline has been great as far as giving Daniel Garcia a rub um, from two legends. I think this is maybe one of the better things they've done involving legends to get somebody else over in AEW. So I don't I don't know that I would have him interfere in that match. Maybe have him. Uh, I, I don't know. I think the match itself is going to be really good. Um, between Jericho and, and Brian Danielson. I mean, Jericho has shown if he, when he wants to, he can put on some really good matches still at this point in his career. And having that dance partner of the American dragon, that's a, uh, a good setup. I wonder if they're going to, I thought they were going to set up a special guest referee with Ricky, the dragon steamboat being that they did like two show spots with him. Maybe they still can. They have one. Oh, I hope so. Have like one show to do it in, <laughs> realistically. So I guess we will see. But that'll be a should be a really good match. Um, I like the storyline with Daniel Garcia. It'd, be, it'd almost be better if he like lays out Jericho in Brian Danielson and kind of goes like the lone wolf route, as opposed to falling under either of their groups. I think, and then you can give him a run in like the uh, maybe a run for the TNT title or something against Wardlow. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Good stuff. I, I you know, I thought uh, Brian Danielson's promo was pretty solid, and him laughing at Jericho, or him coming out was pretty solid, and then him laughing at Jericho after he got pushed on his ass uh, to set up the match was was good. Yep. All right. Do you, yeah. have, do you, do you have Jericho win this match? Oh god. <sighs> Because he's lost um, a lot recently. I feel like, yeah, but what's uh, what's Danielson's track record? Obviously, he put over Garcia, but won the feud. Has he won a lot of matches? I can't even remember, honestly. Leading up to the to the feud, once he joined Blackpool Combat Club, he won a lot. But going before then, he was going against Kenny Omega. 
he lost That's both right. of those matches, right? So, um, yeah, they both know. could use it. Yeah, that 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 was the question. Is like, you know, I guess with Jericho, it doesn't matter as much, right? No, not really. And he's a heel, so we'll see. Um, next match, man. Who the hell said this about this match? I want to say it was Mark Henry and Bully Ray were talking about this match, but they were like for a short, good wrestling match between Dax Harwood and Jay Lethal. If people want, you know, maybe not so much the ending and we'll get to the ending of the match because I wasn't a big fan of it, but the in-ring work of just the little things to do within a match, this would be a fucking match to watch. And I'm not saying it's like a five-star match or anything like that. It just really good grappling, just looked really great paced. It kind of reminded me of uh, Arn Anderson and Ric Flair when they were feuding right before, right at the beginning of Nitro, basically, um, just with Dax and Jay Lethal. Um, just thought the match was fucking awesome. Uh, I think Harward did a fucking Liger bomb. No, he did his uh, slingshot Liger bomb, a uh, little ode to, uh, whatchamacallit, um, his own variation of the suplex that Tully does. Um I like how the interference with Dup backfired uh, because then it became just two on two again. And it just was an old school match. I mean, really, that's that's what it what comes down to. I just I'm getting sick of I feel like I'm seeing too many of these roll up to roll up to roll up, which is still an old school concept. But and it really doesn't hurt Dax. He's in a tag team. They've got three sets of fucking belts. They've been winning, but he always loses solo matches. He lost to Punk. Um, it just seems like he's always the guy to take the loss. But I also, in this situation, didn't want to see Jay Lethal get a loss. Uh, and then, well, actually, we'll, we'll talk about the aftermath, which was really cool. Uh, but how did you like the match, Chris, between uh, Dax Harwood and Jay Lethal? I thought it was a very good match. I don't know that it's the best Dax match I've seen recently, but it, it was good. And obviously it pivoted around the buildup for the pay-per-view more than anything else with the finish. So uh, as far as the match goes, I didn't really have any problems with it. it. It was a lot of fun to watch. I would love to see them have like a long format match on like ring of honor or something. I think that could be really cool. And uh, I agree with you. I think Dax, if you're going to have him do singles matches, you need to give him a singles win <laughs> at some point, because it, like every match we've seen him in, he's put the other guy over. Uh, when he's in singles competition, at least. So after the match, we have Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt at the top of the uh, the ramp. And Sanjay Dutt basically puts it to, to Harwood that they're going to lose again when it's them against uh, FTR and Wardlow. And that a lot of people are making assumptions and that the assumption was that it was going to be Satnam Singh him and Jay Lethal going against the three of them, and that's not the case. That they have a tag team, and this was random and out of nowhere. I don't know what this means. They, I mean, they're saying from Impact Wrestling that was heavily stressed on both uh, when it was brought up on Rampage last night, and as well as on um, Dynamite afterwards. They're from Impact Wrestling, but what's going on with the Motor City Machine Guns? Because they are the ones teaming with their old friends. Uh, and good buddy Jay Lethal, 
but being presented as like they're you know good friends friends from the past, which they are obviously, taking on FTR and Wardlow, and this has actually now become one of the tag matches that I'm really looking forward to uh, between two teams because FTRs wanted to work with the Motor City Machine Guns a lot. They've tagged them and went back and forth on Twitter many a times, especially uh, between. Um, uh, Alex Shelley and Dax Harwood. So this is going to be cool. Uh, mostly machine guns are basically heels in this by fault. Or, you know, I, th- that's kind of strange. But uh, I'm down for all of this. This is going to be an awesome match. And could we be possibly getting Motor City machine guns in the future in uh, AEW? I don't know. God, I hope so. Because I... Still want that Young Bucks Motor City Machine Guns match now at this point in their careers, right? Um, but FTR versus Motor City Machine Guns, that'd be fucking amazing. And uh, the way I would do this match is you have, you kind of do what you did with Jay Lethal at that first Ring of Honor pay per view, where he, he starts trying to cheat to win, and the Motor City Machine Guns are like, hey, what the fuck, dude? and then turn on him or something, you know, like I would do something like that. Actually, that wasn't the Jay lethal match. That was the, uh, was it the bandito match where Chavo kept trying to get involved? Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) We've been building up to this match against FTR for a while, bud. Like (laughs) stop trying to cheat. We want to win with honor. I think that that's a really cool idea. Um, and if you don't want to do that, you can always do the fuck finish of having the Briscoes come out. Right, and then set up your Ring of Honor tag team title match at whatever their next pay per view is, of being like uh, a three way tag match, which would be fucking great. But, I'm wondering, uh, yeah. is Motor City Machine Guns, Chris? Do you think near the end of their contract with Impact, and this is them maybe making a transition to Ring of Honor uh, specifically for AEW? I don't know about Chris Saban, but I don't think Alex Shelley signed a contract. Oh shit! I think he has like an open, an open contract. Oh, by the way, I just. Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Because they haven't planned to do so. They like they already haven't planned to do some stuff in Japan with Kushida. I think upcoming and and then when he was in NXT, that was part of the. They wanted to sign him, and he was like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't know. I mean, he is. He's, he's a free spirit. He's been in kind of the title picture with Josh Alexander on Impact, so I would hope that they have him under contract. I just don't know for sure. I knew for a while there he didn't want to sign, like sign a deal that would lock him into anything because he didn't. It seemed like he didn't necessarily want to wrestle full time. So, no, that makes sense. Um, by the way, ran a match from last week, Impact Wrestling. Uh, the Time Splitters and the Motor City Machine Guns merged together as the time machine uh and they went against uh whatchamacallit uh fox violent by design really good tag match a lot of fun um do you like do you like the hybrid of the two tag teams yeah like that was a fun match also violent by design such a great fucking name god it every is. time i hear it i'm just like such a good fucking name <laughs> and uh, eric young is still one of the most underrated wrestlers in the business he was really, really good in that match. Such a badass. All right. Uh, let's get back into this. Uh, 
We talked about that. All right, so then we had Billy Gunn go against Colton Gunn. So is uh interesting. I, I I really just don't even know what the hell's going on. But so basically the whole thing was Billy kind of forgotten this match that he was going against the Suns because at one point he started beating the fuck out of them. Um, and uh, you know we had Stokely Hathaway. He was there. Uh, at one point, you know, um, Austin Gunn attacked one of the members and speared him. I think it was Max Caster while Anthony was taken out by his own boombox from Stokely Hathaway. Uh, and this would progress in, uh, you know, Billy Gunn losing to his son. And yeah, I, I think that's the biggest spot though, was that he was just stomping a fucking mud hole in this kid and realized it and kind of backed off and then Stokely got involved. Uh, but yeah, Colton defeated Billy the match was fine. And we talked about it beforehand, but prior to this match, Thunder Rosa had to announce due to injury, uh, which is apparently in her back. Uh, she has to step down as AW Women's Champion, and they would have a four-way at All Out to find out the interim title holder. Uh, and she called out Tony Storm. Um, gave her, wished her luck, basically. Yeah, the Thunder Rosa stuff we, we talked about previously, I, I don't know what the hell they're doing with that. I'm assuming it's a way to get the title on Brit now that it's going to be a four-way match. So I think maybe their plans have changed. So that would be my best guess of where they're going. I kind of want Jamie to win. That would be cool. I like Jamie Hayter a lot. I would have no problem with that. It it, uh, it seems like they want to do something different than Tony Storm, basically. Uh, and, I, you know, with Thun- if Thunder Rosa is legitimately injured, I want to send her well wishes, and hopefully she will be fine, especially when she's talking about having any kind of form of paralysis or often own paralysis. Uh, that's some scary shit. But uh, yeah, like as far as this, this match between, was it Colton and Billy gun, right? I'm saying the yep. right gun son. It's <laughs> a lot of ends in this uh, sentence. Um, I liked, I, I liked the spot where <laughs> Billy and he, I think he did a great job of selling it uh, where he just realized like, Oh my God, I'm like, killing my son right now <laughs> and backed <laughs> off and then he gets hit with a low blow um so i thought that was that was kind of fun as far as the spot goes what i didn't like understand about this is like uh, swerve and keith lee set up a match to go against the acclaimed i'm assuming that this is going to be a three-way for the title no apparently it's just them it's it's just them versus them and no offense to the acclaimed i love the acclaimed and I kind of want them with the titles, even though the, the, you know, Keith Lee and, and Swerve haven't had a long time with it just because they're kind of hodgepodge together. And the other two is an actual tag team homegrown, but they're fourth. The Bucks are ahead of them. FTR has been second for months and I forgot the other team that's ahead of them, but it's just kind of weird that they, you know, choose, choose one to go by their, their standings. Yeah, isn't Brian Danielson and John Moxley ahead of them, or are they no longer in the tag ring? <laughs> exactly, they might be. They they, they definitely might be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, at least it's at least with what Swerve and Keith Lee have been doing, it makes a little sense because they're just calling out random tag teams. So it's like they're setting up their own matches a little bit. Um, so that takes that that alleviates some of that, but uh. 
I I think maybe they're gonna set up a, a if they don't do that, then it's gonna be interference, right? Like a fuck finish. I don't know. I have no Cause, idea. Because that's I mean the storyline between the acclaimed and, and the guns isn't finished yet. So either they're gonna be inserted into that match, or there's gonna be some kind of fuckery that costs the acclaimed the match. But uh, Bowen's in there with Keith Lee and uh, uh, Swerve. I think that'll be fucking really fun to watch because I think Bowen's is really really good in the ring against those two guys. It should be great. And Max Caster is good as well. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but he's more uh, of the Flash though, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good way to put it. Um, he's the Shawn Michaels of now. Marty's the workhorse. <laughs> No, no, I did like I, I did like him taking shots. Oh man, what did he say? I can't remember. He was like uh, keeping. I don't know. It was it was funny. He was taking shots at everyone. I appreciate his raps. Um, yeah, I mean they're super over with the crowd. That the whole run. That's why I didn't think they should have broke it up so soon because I think they could have gotten both of those tag teams more over by keeping it together for a little longer. Completely uh, agree. But outside of that, like. It, it seems like you still have to finish up that feud. And if you're not going to do it at this pay-per-view, then you almost have to have the acclaimed win the titles to set up guns versus the acclaimed for a fucking title match. And that seems kind of out of place for, for both of them, at least if you care about the standings, which at this point they should just disregard the standings (laughs) because they don't mean anything anyways. They really don't. Especially since hangman wasn't even fucking involved in the goddamn interim tournament for the heavyweight championship, even though he had just lost the title. So uh, God damn it. Well, or why he doesn't get, I guess that's WWE, but like he probably should have a title shot sometime in the future. I don't even know what the fuck's we're, we're about to get to a really a, a section where I just, my head is feeling great. Anyways, uh, next thing before that, we had Kylan King um, going out against Dr. Britt Baker. I think that Kylan, I, I, I'm assuming they're they're working, like they're they're seeing what she's like on television because, you know, I don't know what's going on with her in NWA, but she's now been back to back weeks, um, you know, as an opponent, obviously losing, but you know, against pretty big uh, people. Britt Baker being one of them. I got to say, Britt Baker ends it, and she's done this a couple times. I just don't understand. It seems like overkill. She does a stomp to someone's face, a curb stomp, and then still takes her time to get her, you know, mandible claw ready. Wouldn't you just want to do one as your finisher and one as your submission finisher? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Afterwards, after she beats her, she said, uh, I wrestled my entire reign with a broken freaking wrist. Because that's what a champion does. Uh, take a knock at Thunder Rosa with her fucked up back. So, yeah, that's uh, – and, hey, Kurt Angle, fellow Pittsburghian. So that makes sense. Um. <laughs> when, she th- when she said that, I was like, well, Cowboy Bob wrestled with a broken arm for, like, th- five years. years. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> what up? <laughs> no. Uh, I thought that was a good little shot because I do think they're setting up Rosa versus Britt Baker again, probably for the title. Cause I think Britt's probably going to win that match for the interim belt. Um, but yeah, like I get what you're saying about the stomp. Some, I mean, Roman, I mean, well, Roman and Moxley both do that, right? They'll like hit a finisher that should be the end and then lock in another finisher. Just 
kind of get yeah. more heat. So I think that was the the point. But the, this uh, is it, it's a Kylan Kylan King Kylan King. I think Am it's Kylan it right? King. Okay, she was she's been great the past two weeks. So I I don't know if they're like like you said testing her out on TV and maybe going to put her in whatever this women's show is going to be as like a heavily featured person or maybe even send her to their Ring of Honor, Honor roster. Hey, if they can have, like I said last time, uh, uh, not even heel, but like a giant, because she is like 6'1", 6'2", that would be beneficial uh, to have an array of different women and also have that as a uh, gimmick, you know, within the ranks. Yeah, and I mean, she's worked really well with the the two matches she's had. She's looked good in, so I'm actually excited to see more of her. I want to see her... uh her and Willow together would be a fucking fun match or her and Serena Deebs together would be a fun match. There's, there's some matches I would like to see her in specifically, but yeah, this was a good match and uh, yeah, she's fun to watch. So I'm excited about that. I mean, Britt's getting a strong win here, regardless of who you put in there. But I thought that this was a, uh, like you said, like a good test match for her and past two weeks, she's been really good. So hopefully they do something with her. That would be awesome. I agree. I completely agree. All right, let's get to the match that once it was announced was next. All of us said, all right, there's got to be something going on here. <laughs> um, I did not think to the extent of what ended up happening, but undisputed AEW World Championship match to find out who is the real AEW champion. CM Punk and John Moxley. Many of us said, me included, this is a great marquee match for the match at All Out in Chicago. Um, just because two big names, it just seemed perfect for that. I don't know where the fuck they're going. I'm going to give them a chance to figure out whatever the hell. Uh, I know that there is all these rumors like we've talked about, about, you know, maybe even to an extent punishment related things, but like um, problems with CM Punk, uh, you know, based on the video that they recorded afterwards. I, I, I don't know. I, it just doesn't seem like it just seems like this is pro wrestling. So I want to get to the next step. Obviously, in the match, he didn't hurt himself. Uh, what they played off, and this was within three minutes, is that CM Punk does a spin kick and immediately goes down uh, to the foot that he was kind of putting the weight on and, you know, the one that he had surgery on. And then uh, shortly after that, you know, after they were checking it out and they had people making sure he's okay. Dr. Sampson's over there. The ref Moxley pulled everyone off and grabbed his ass, uh, brought him, put him in the bulldog choke, uh, was choking him out, but he was getting closer to the ropes. So then he went after the ankle in which he kicked him with, which was a bit confusing. I don't know what they were trying to go for there, but started wrenching on it and then picked his ass up, did two night riders, one, two, three, John Moxley is the undisputed champion. I just don't know where the fuck they're going with Punk. I'm just curious. I I kind of shook my head. I still think this should have been last because I think this took away a lot from the the main event that was awesome. Um, but what 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 can you do? At least it's shocking and it goes off the air and you're just like what the fuck. But now you're just kind of stewing in it. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this is part of a bigger storyline. They have one week to figure out 
or to tell us at least, it, it, w- w- with me hoping their plan and everything, um, who's going to be the replacement for the championship match at their pay-per-view. So, yeah, there's that. And I don't know. Um, it was like one of his USC matches, Chris. <laughs> it like mimicked that. Like almost obviously, you know what I'm saying? All right. Uh, so I had no problem with this because I kind of went in knowing that Moxley was going to win. I didn't think it was going to be this fucking dominant. Um, the crowd was clearly behind Moxley the majority of this match. When when Punk first came out, you had a little bit of like, let's go Punk, let's go Moxley. But but they're it, on Ohio. Yeah, they quickly changed against Punk. And, and this will be the same thing in Chicago, right, when they do this match. If they do this match. Here's what I would do. Since you already have this fucked up thing going on, whether it's true or false or whatever, uh, next week I just turn Hangman fucking heel, Cowboy heel again, and just have him pilmanize fucking Punk's ankle and then step in as the title contender since he should have gotten a rematch anyways. That's what I would do. I don't think they're going to do that because that's not going to sell as many pay-per-views as what Punk and, and Moxley are, would in, are, are probably going to do. But for storytelling's sake, that's that's probably where I would go. And you know what? The more I think about it, with the reports also, which we don't know, uh, like I've said, is work or whatever, or shoot, um, 100% at least, uh, you know, but with the reports that MJF is working stuff out with AEW, it doesn't make sense actually to get him involved just within a week trying to build up to the pay-per-view. Maybe get involved at the pay-per-view because they're going to New York, what, the week after or two weeks after? So you would think that they would save something like that, uh, especially if it's a week after. You have MJF cause something within the championship match, especially if it's Punk and Moxley still for whatever reason, and then he shows back up in New York City. I could see that happening. Um, but, yeah, I'm confused too, man. I, I don't know. You know, like I said, now, and they're going to they're gonna inevitably, they're going to lose, but still, Hangman Page is not going to be involved in the, I don't know. I mean, are they going to do the thing where, I mean, because this they is They could make, do a three-way with Page is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, and that's kind of what we predicted. But do you, if they don't do anything, they're just going to have Moxley beat Punk in Chicago? That's not going to go off with some fans. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't I'm know. Not fr- you know what? I'm not from Chicago, so fuck Chicago. I don't really care. I don't think you take the belt off Moxley right now. He's he's very dominant, and I don't know if Punk should be the one to take it off of him. I would rather this kind of be the positioning of of, of Punk going full heel, if anything. But we do know one thing, and everyone should know: his foot is fine, unless they made him come back to have this short of a little match to get him back out. But that's so stupid if he's not 100 percent to just like, okay, well we're gonna make it look like you're really really hurt, so you're gonna be gone longer. Just to put it all on Moxley, like that's getting around your ass, get your elbow. I don't know why the fuck they do that. I mean, unless they like, like I said, unless they're going to do a thing where they're turning Hangman heel, right? And he comes out and he fucking cracks Punk's foot Wednesday, and that's the match is Hangman versus Moxley. I just think that that's going to piss a lot of people off if they go that route. 
But that, I mean, that would be the only thing that makes sense if Punk is still hurt. I'm assuming this, that's all a this work. This is the thing. This is the thing. If it's not a work, if if it's or if 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 this is actually storyline that his leg is still hurt, well then why the fuck would I think that it's going to be fine for the pay per view, even if you're not days. really hurt? <laughs> yeah. Like you know what you I'm saying? Have, you should have done this like three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, he's going to have to come out with that son of a bitch in like an air cast or something to put that over. Right. Um, I, don't I, I don't know. And also, he's going against Moxley, who would immediately start biting his fucking leg and like he initially did barbed wire. Yeah, like this. <laughs> and he 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 saw he saw red, but he also wasn't bleeding at the same time right at the beginning of it. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah, the Moxley win without blood. That it it kind of would have been cool if he just like somehow busted his head open during those three minutes. That was a great punk line from that promo, though, where he's like, what are you going to do, bleed all over me? (laughs) Oh, Lord. That was pretty. pretty I want this match, though. This is what I want for the fucking main event, so I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm either going to laugh my ass off come Wednesday or I'm going to be like, huh, I underestimated you. So those are the two options. So here's the thing, though. I don't know that Moxley and Punk are going to work necessarily well in the ring together. So yeah. inserting a third person might protect both of them. And for a base, he's a good base, man. Adam Page would be able to be there for a lot of moments in between. Uh, yeah. Or or MJF, especially because he wrestles more of a WWE style. They can always fall back to that if they get in yep. the weeds. But uh, I, I, it's not like Punk's had bad matches or anything, but I mean – Moxley and him are kind of working very similar styles, and unless they add a stip or something to the match, which they might do. Yeah, right? and not only that, like they're both they're both good wrestlers in the ring. Don't get me wrong, but it, they usually work better when they have someone that can really, you know, sell their brawling, kind of work even pace, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean that's what I'm. They're, they're so they're they kind of have some some. I mean, I think Punk is. At Punk's peak, he was really he was better than Moxley in ring, but they're mm-hmm. kind of at the same spot at this point in their careers as far as what they can do. So if you're not going to do like a stip match, I don't know that people are going to really want to see a 30-minute wrestling match with Moxley and CM Punk. I agree. Yep. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We're going to find out this Wednesday what exactly they're going to do. Um, I also, I do want to bring up this. We had Christian Cage. He accepted Jungle Boy's, uh, match at All Out. So that's going to happen. Uh, but then we had Ricky Starks and one hell of a fucking promo. He comes out and does his promo about Powerhouse Hobbs and he's pissed. And it really just was driven by the heart. You could tell he's getting over as a baby face, which a lot of us thought he would be able to do. Uh, but just, he he basically said, like, bitch, you were Britt Baker's fucking security guard before I helped you out. And it looks like this is going to be the match at All Out, or at least he issued the challenge. But very impressed by Ricky Starks, man. This was a really, really good promo. It was a great promo. I think he's losing the match, though. Yep. Because I think the setup is Wardlow and, and, and Hobbs with Powerhouse Hobbs getting a win over Wardlow. 
as the first person to beat him. I could definitely they, see that. Uh, they have to take the undefeated streak away from him somehow. And unless, I mean, well, I mean, they could bring Lance Archer back who just had a really good G one run. Uh, but th- it's going to have to be some kind of monster like that to beat, you know, Wardlow. And they've been teasing the Wardlow hops thing for what is seemingly forever. Right. Uh, but this was one hell of a promo, and uh, I, I've said in the past, I, I was not necessarily the biggest Ricky Starks fan, but he has definitely grown on me. And I think it was like when him and Hobbs were cutting that promo in front of that fucking lake in Michigan <laughs> or whatever. That's <laughs> where I officially yeah. turned the corner on him. But uh, yeah, he's good in the ring. He's a good promo. I, this is just kind of a bad situation for him because I do think Hobbs is just going to win this match. Um, but you know, that's not the, it's not the first time someone, you know, like people like Darby Allen and, uh, jungle boy, et cetera, have gotten over by losing matches. If you're and Ricky Starks is, I think better on the mic than both of them. So I think, you know, he can still continue to push forward. Sammy Guevara would be another example of like a young guy that has taken losses to monsters like this and have still managed to be over. So. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see what they do. And then, yeah, like, he's... is who, who, I mean, is Hobbs going to go after, do you do Hobbs versus Hook first? Who is also undefeated? Or, or like, what is the setup there? Does he just, do they just not give a shit about the FTW title anymore? They got to put a little bit of shit on it because of the fact that, you know, Hook has it. No offense to Ricky, but I think Ricky has a better like what Ricky's building himself potentially into. I think Hook in his own niche way is already there. So it's like give him some some wins. Let's actually do something with the title. Uh, I didn't care as much when Ricky was a heel with it and just talking a bunch of shit. So uh, Hobbs going for Hook. That would be interesting. Uh, even even a good win and would be a fun match if they could coordinate it would be Hook taking on Parker Bardot. That'd be kind of cool. I, what I would do with Hook is have him start calling out the Ring of Honor guys that are after the uh, what is it the the Pride Championship, the one that Willie Pure. has Pure Championship. I'd have him start calling out all of the people that have recently held that belt and have him run through all of them and set up a match with him and Willie because I think that'd be a really fun match and Hell it would yeah. kind of remove him from from this situation, at least for a little while. And he, I mean, you can have those matches on, you know, dynamite or rampage, whatever, because you would think if Hobbs wins here, he would want the FTW title since he hasn't held it. No, I completely agree with you. There's a lot of things that you can do that are, that are cool. I mean, even though it's like ridiculous that we have this many championships, but, um, I like that idea with hooking uh, Willie or Yuta. Um, I think it's really fun that we're getting like more powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks because they kind of yeah. just were there <laughs> for a while. So it's good that they're trying to build up some kind of story. Like, well, with them specifically, they have a storyline going on. But going forward, like, where do you go after which team Taz has done at this point? What do you do with these two guys? So this is a good way to kind of kick that off. And um, that's one thing I will say about Tony Khan. He does a good job at his some of his long-term story booking is really good so hopefully this pays off and we get some interesting shit that comes out of it 
All right. Uh, the last match, we had the De Triangle. Uh, that's not a more French than fucking British, but it's Pac, Penta, and Ray Phoenix going against Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. Um, Kyle Fletcher and Mac Mark Davis, who, by the way, has people have been putting over that team a lot, including Dax Harwood, and I can see why they are a solid, just good tag team to have with Will. Uh, but this was I, I knew for a fact I wasn't going to remember a lot from this match because it was fucking just all over the place, just craziness. I liked a little bit of you know interaction that we get at the beginning between Puck and uh, Will Ospreay, but he would tag out and Pac would be out of the match for a while. I wrote down a couple of things, um, highlights here. Uh, Excalibur questioned whether Ospreay uh, working 18 matches in 30 days would create wear and tear um, and ultimately uh, maybe cause him the loss. I like that. Don Callis was on commentary, him talking about Kenny Omega and Ospreay and that building up since that's going to be the next round of the tournament. Um, Penta delivered a fucking awesome crucifix bomb to Fletcher, and Taz said, it tore him in pot! Uh, the entire tone of the match changed when Pac finally got that uh, that hot tag, and the uh, basically uh, poison Rana off between Pac and Will Ospreay was pretty cool. Uh, the one part I did not like is when... Aussie Open is on the outside, and Pac was trying to get himself... He was trying to do a backflip, and I had no idea what the fuck he was going to do, if he was going to do, like, a 630. But he's he, he spent, like, fucking, I don't know, 20 se- seconds trying to get himself balanced. And I don't, I don't blame him, but it looked ridiculous, especially with the camera angle and seeing the guys just standing around like they're just, like, completely dazed and, like, you know, just, like, pins... And a fucking bowling match, so that that's that was my only problem. But um, th- uh, Will Osprey would win, and that would lead to the stuff that we talked about with Kenny Omega and the Bucks, who was watching the match towards the end on the ramp. Uh, how'd you like this match, Chris? Thought it was a really really good fucking trios match, which I'm normally not a fan of. Uh, I loved all of the interaction between Ray Phoenix and uh, Will Osprey. Especially because they did like four high spots in a row, and it looked incredible. It kind of had, not to the same exaggeration as as Ricochet and Will Ospreay, but it kind of had that feel to it. And Ray Phoenix is fucking incredible. Um, the spot you're talking about, I agree with you. It took too long to set up, but he takes that long to set up all of his aerial moves, which I don't necessarily have a problem with because all of his shit looks safe, and he does like 178 rotations on all of them. <laughs> so. Uh, it's one of those better safe than sorry. It's just it, it's that it's exactly what you were saying though. It's because everyone is standing around waiting to catch him. So maybe I would have done yep. something a little different there. Um, but yeah, it it I would have put maybe I would have put Dark Triangle on the other side, but it seems like they have a plan for whatever they're doing on that side. Of, which I well actually do they even have a fucking plan because I thought the plan was going to be Kenny versus Hangman coming out of this thing and that doesn't seem to be the case so who the hell is going forward on the other side of that bracket now um I guess we that happened last night and that was Dark Order Dark Order went over I believe right so they're in the finals who I, 
they have have they done I guess maybe they haven't done that. Whoever no, no, the they're in the finals, and then whoever wins between Kenny and the Young Bucks versus Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. Oh, okay, okay, I was one match behind. That's what it was. Okay, so yeah, it's gonna be Dark Order versus. But see, like I don't, I don't know. At this point, do you put Aussie Open over? If you're if if Hangman is gonna be because Hangman wasn't there, right? So did they change the finish to what this tournament was gonna be? I don't know. I think they're. I think that someone. I, I think that they threw us off, and then I think it is going to be Paige and uh, the Dark Order going against uh, Kenny and the Young Bucks because I think that Aussie Open that was more to set up the beginning of Will and Kenny's feud that will probably go into the future leading up, like we said, to Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know, necessarily think that Will Ospreay and Aussie Open are going to be at all out. Well, yeah. Do you even put Hangman in this fucking match? Then does it matter if you're just gonna put? Well, the... I don't. I mean, it's 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 pretty boring. No, no offense to Ten and and Johnny Hungy <laughs> and Johnny Hungy's partner, but if that's the fucking guys, then the elite should kill him. So if if there's if they're like, <laughs> oh no, blah 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 got hurt, so now we need someone to take his place, and Hangman's like, I will. Then it's a little bit more like I don't want to skip this match, you know, potentially. Yeah, but like, who's gonna, who's, how is he gonna get hurt though? That's I don't like, know. Two, they have people, two days to set this up. People are terrible drivers are... in AEW. You know, <laughs> they're gonna be hanging out with Christian and actually get Jungle Boy get ran over. Yeah, yeah, Jungle Boy accidentally hits one of them uh, trying to get Christian. Well, I mean, because right now the Bucks and Omega are baby faces. Yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, and I guess this partially makes sense of why they wouldn't have. Maybe included that last segment, but Kane didn't sound like a fucking babyface when he was talking to Will Ospreay. <laughs> yeah, in the eyes of the fan, Kenny is a babyface now, coming back from those injuries, and and the Bucks kind of being thrown out of their own group with undisputed error, whatever, whatever the hell they're calling themselves now. Um, they're kind of babyfaces, <laughs> which I think Kenny can be whatever the hell you want him to be, right? But in 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 the realm of just this tournament, they're a babyface team, especially with yeah. Kenny selling that he's hurt. It's just weird. It's interesting though. It's just weird. But yeah, I, I would have probably know. just I probably would have just put Dark Triangle on the other side and did Dark Triangle versus uh, the Elite, but that's just me. Yeah, that, that I think that that probably would have made the most sense. What are you gonna do, man? What are you going to do? There's a, let, I, I want to get to this pay-per-view, which I should look this up and just make sure. Because they either have a week or they have two weeks, which I think is a big deal. Um, it's, ne- it's next week, I think. I was listening to uh, Wrestling Observer Live, and they were like, they have like two shows left. Jesus so. fucking Christ. Uh, yes, yeah, September 4th. All right. Well, we're going to have to find out what the hell, <laughs> what the hell happens. Come uh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you think Tony has an appreciation for what WWE's done with all these fucking like pay-per-views for years and years? Because they were used to running four shows a year, and this year they ran the additional Ring of Honor and the New Japan shows, and I'm sure he's like, fuck this. <laughs> like He's gonna sell Ring of Honor to fucking Impact. He's like, you guys can have them for two dollars, just merge it. That's, um, he's gonna sell it to Jeff Jarrett and Conrad. 
All right. Well, uh, let's go to SmackDown. So, hey, man, if you're a Ricochet fan, you're having a great fucking time, right? No, never. (laughs) (laughs) At least the second time in a row he's gotten to start, you know, start off the show and beat fucking, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, um, bomb-ass Corbin. That's what I was trying to go for. But my favorite thing about these is not only is Ricochet winning, but afterwards we get to see the uh, the little circle things, like the football things that uh, McAfee gets to do, and like you know putting circles over his head and trying to show off, showing off arrows and just making fun of them. And I, there's this one part where they get a big old close up, and because McAfee you know still has a circle on him, it kind of like shifts out of the way. But he starts putting numbers of like how many reasons of why you shouldn't think that Corbin should win. And I think he got to like 27. He was just one and a two. And I don't know. This is funny as hell. But are we going to get more of them in the ring? Is that what this is for? And does anyone really care about Ricochet or is it just are we just am I just hoping, Chris? I think that's the problem with him doing the funny thing is it distracted away from the fact that Ricochet was good in this match. Because it's you're telling two separate stories, right? Yep. So uh, I don't know. I mean, Triple H is the one that brought Ricochet in. It's not too late to turn him around. You could just put a fucking mask on him and call him Prince Puma. I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, they did it with a kid just now in a com or whatever the fuck. A com. Uh, <laughs> I'm so just sick. with Ricochet because of the way they've booked him over the past since he left NXT. So what, three years? It's going to take a whole hell of a lot to get that guy back over. Especially in the eyes of like just a WWE fan. Like that's going to yeah. take a hell of a lot to get that guy back over. Um, from the superhero gimmick to just loss after loss after loss. Uh, to giving the guy like 20 second nonsensical promos. Like, I mean, if I'm him, I'm like, hey, fucking let me put the mask on and just be... <laughs> Prince Puma, because I feel like he would have a better chance of getting back over. It's not that he's going to have, like, couldn't have good matches, but now you're going to be in kind of the realm of Dolph Ziggler of, like, how the hell do you reboot yourself in this company? Yeah. In the eyes of the, these fans, right? Like, what, what can you do to really do that? Um, and I would say, you know, I, WWE's wider audience is a more casual viewing audience than, like, say, an AEW. So it's a little harder to just rely on, like, I had really good matches in Lucha Underground in New Japan five years ago. I think that still holds up. (laughs) (laughs) I do, do too, but we're not not casual fans, you know what I mean? So it's... Fuck uh, those posers, Chris. Do you remember that term? (laughs) Those skateboarders aren't skateboarders, they're posers, man. Yeah, I agree (laughs) with you, though. I know what you're saying. but, you know, I'm not against – I don't know. You could give him a huge – like, have him – you, you want to really get him over if they're really going to push him. Have him, like, get a win on Roman Reigns, like, in a non-title match or some shit. Like, that's going to be the only thing that would get him over, right? Like, he's going to have to beat someone you would completely unexpect him to beat and then just go on a run where he wins week after week as his current state of ricochet. 
I'm down for it. I, I, I still believe in a Ricochet day. So. <laughs> so do I. Like I, I fucking love Ricochet. So it's not, you know, he when we first started the show and did our top ten best wrestlers in the world, which we do every year. So if you guys out there listening, there is usually at the end of the year we do a show where we rank our uh, top tens from the year, etc. Prince Puma was like number three on my fucking list, and that wasn't that was like four or five years ago. <laughs> well, it was Prince. So Puma not that long Ricochet. at all. It's just uh, God. Can we just say like how much of a gem Lucha Underground was? It really was. It really was, and their format, while weird, was very interesting as far as like some of the storytelling and stuff. But it at least was fun to watch each week. (laughs) It was way better than House of Hardcore. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to do like a dopey Tommy Dreamer. Oh, <laughs> uh, wasn't even my fault that uh, it's that bad. No, I can't even do it. A dopey Rock. Tommy Dreamer is just like that Italian guy in the Looney Tunes is like, which way did he go, George? Which way did he go? Oh my God, yeah, it really is. Oh God. All right, uh, next match we had a second chance Fatal Four Way Tag Team match. We already talked about the winners, but all the past losers won against each other. And winning that match, I actually have to look this up because I forgot, even though we did talk about it earlier. DeVille and Italia defeated Tamina and Brooke, Shotzi and Lee, and Dewdrop and Ash. So there you go. And they're going to lose. Duh. Like I said. So I didn't watch all of SmackDown. Who who won this match? Um, uh, DeVille and Natalia. Sony DeVille and The Boat. Okay, so they changed up whatever the hell they were going to do. Well, th- that, see, they did that because they didn't have uh, Gigi Dolan and uh, whatchamacallit anymore, so they just put all the losers in a match together. Right, so the finals are, are going to be uh, Sky versus DeVille, and, or is there one more match? Nope, it's uh, Dakota Kai and Eo Sky versus Sony DeVille and... Um, so I'm assuming that they were going to go with, I guess, originally last legend and I uh, know not last legend, uh, fuck Nikita Lyons and, uh, Zoe Starks. Right. And they yeah, were still going to go with, that sucks, man. Don't next year. If they have this tournament, if you are a tag team in the women's division XT, don't do it. I mean, it's two in a row. That's fucking weird. Or spread it out so that you have good tag teams on both sides in case someone gets hurt. I just <laughs> spread it out and I'm booty dancing right now. Just <laughs> You're doing Nikita Lyons' gimmick? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can't tell that one. Just, just call it. Just call it like sees it. Um, I actually do like her in the ring though and I think that was a fun tag team so it sucks that they're kind of out of it. I did. So her tag partner got hurt, and then also she's not vaccinated. So that's mm. why they got they're off completely. Because I thought maybe they could just replace one of them. Because the idea is to get Nikita Lyons over, which she kind of already is. Um, yam Yam Bigelow. It'd be awesome if she came out with like Bam Bam gear on. I'm not gonna lie. 
Oh, she has to go by Yam Yam Bigelow, not not Bam Bam. <laughs> no, but just like because people do call her that, it'd be fucking funny if she just embraced it and was like, "Yeah, Joe, I got the Bam Bam gimmick on." Hell yeah! Uh, and shave her head and fucking put flames on it instead. <laughs> I don't think we need to do. I don't think we need to go that far. But we can do the uh, Amanda Bynes look with just the the half shave. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, God. Anyways, I don't think it mattered because the the whoever you know we knew who was going to go over in this tournament anyways, right? So. Yep. At least we will get to see uh, Sonia and and uh, was it Natalia? Right, right. Yep. They're both good in the ring, so you'll get to see a good match. Absolutely. If they give them if they give them more than like four minutes on the pre-show. Yep. Um, all right. So uh, we had a really cool video package of uh, Drew McIntyre. Good package to have. This is the type of stuff that I wish that AEW does sometimes when they're building up to the pay-per-view. They're going to the UK. He's going against the champion. They're just kind of highlighting some of the stuff in his climb uh, out of the, the bottoms, if you will. Uh, so they just they put together good, um, good uh, packages like this. I think it's because they still have Jeremy Borash helping them with it now. So that makes sense. Um, but yeah, good shit. That's that's what's infuriating about AEW, though, is if you watch one of their fucking pay-per-view. Like, oh, the packages ups, before that? It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. The packages before that are better than like half of this shit they do promo-wise. <laughs> like, I don't know why they don't just show those. Like the Eddie Kingston one, for instance. Um, this would have been two, probably two pay-per-views ago where he's like talking about like, uh, drowning his demons. When he's talking to Jericho, he's like, I'm drinking to drown my demons, but they can swim Jericho. (laughs) It was like very Mick Foley and fucking great. Like some of the shit they have on that pre-show is better than most of the (laughs) buildup on their actual shows. So, uh, AW can do it. They just choose not to for some reason. So. But uh, WWE is is really great with these vignettes. I agree with you. Yep. They're just uh they 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 bring more gravitas towards the situation, and it goes back for me as a kid to the ones they did uh leading up to the Iron Man match with um Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. It brought such like a sports feel to it. So I I really do appreciate a good uh, video package. Shawn training with Jose Lothario. Yep, <laughs> etc. Yeah, those were and good. Brett, and, Brett, also, and Brett was running a lot. I think most of it. Cold. <laughs> over well, here just in Canada. Inter- I mean, also just introducing new stars. I mean, I think that's one thing that AEW's had the biggest problem with. Oh uh, yeah. The WWE does a little bit of a better job with is explaining who the hell the person is. Like, if you go and watch those. I mean, a good example is like the uh, the women's tournament match that they have in NXT where they're pulling people from kind of everywhere, they do a really good job of at least giving you like an idea of why you should care about that person. You should yeah, be able to want, tell me why to... I should care about the person in like 30 seconds, right? Exactly. Instead, they they give 20 seconds to Excalibur to go, this is... <laughs> and that's how you so find out about X- <laughs> Yeah, I feel so bad for Excalibur when they do that, because he's going to get the criticism for it. <laughs> and it's like... He's got to try to explain a career that you guys could have summed up in a highlight package or something, you know, like. 
yeah that they have a harder time with that than um like video like actual just regular video packages i guess yep i agree well building up another big match coming up for uh the cardiff show sheamus came out obviously with uh butch aka pete dunn and ridge holland what like i said one of the things i mean throughout the whole entire time you have Ridge Holland just trying to, like, you know, listen to Sheamus, smiling a little bit sometimes because he's his mentor, you know, and all of a sudden Butch would just start fucking pushing him and fucking hitting him and, like, trying to, like, he had to, like, go ramble him up. So at least they're playing off of it decently, but I do miss Pete Dunne as the bruiser weight. Uh, great promo from uh, Sheamus. Yeah, I mean, he, he was at first gloating all of his accomplishments and then talked about the IC title and that he hasn't gotten it in 12 years and that, you know, he believes this is a big deal because uh, him and him and, and, and Gunther share a lot of things in common. They're both brutes. They both like to beat people with their hands, um, really just hyping up the fight and just basically saying, like, you know, well, the, the, the difference is I have more experience than you and I'll be able to find out your weakness. Gunther comes out. And the coolest moment within this, after them going back and forth, Gunther gets on the mic and, you know, puts Sheamus over. But says that you know he ha- he doesn't know uh the physical pain that he can put on him essentially and um it just wraps up with Ridge Holland couldn't keep Pete Dunn you know uh chill and he fucking just jumps on uh what the hell's his name um uh Ludwig, Ludwig Kaiser and starts beating the shit out of him but you know they got to the end of their promo so while all this mayhem's going with Kaiser coming back and fighting basically both uh, Pete Dunne and Rich Holland, you know, Gunther and, and, uh, and uh, whatchamacallit, Sheamus are just nose-to-nose, fucking just not even blinking, just staring each other down while all this mayhem's going off, and that's how they went to commercial. I, I actually thought it was really good. I'm looking forward to this match. And uh, if... Like I said, Pete Dunn gets is going against um, uh, Kaiser next week, so that should be a good match. But um, it's like I, I, they kind of needed Fabian Eichner right then and there. It kind of would have made sense. But, you know, maybe yeah. they should put him on a dog collar, Chris. Maybe they should put uh, <laughs> Pete Dunn on a dog collar. And his gimmick is just always doing dog collar matches. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> no. Um... So I do want to say this about Sheamus. For a guy that we thought was going to be done due to some of the neck issues he was having, this may be one of his best singles runs. If not of his entire career, uh, in the in the past like five years, for sure. Because like I even though he's lost a lot of this, like the, the matches he's had and some of the feuds that he's set up have been really, really good. Specifically the Drew McIntyre feud i thought was really really good even if they tried to surround him with like a weird cast of characters and had swords involved once they got into the ring like all of that kind of stuff just dissipated a little bit for the most part and you got really good matches um so i I do want to put over sheamus even though i'm I'm not the biggest fan of him but i think this current run almost has like kane vibes where he's a big guy putting over people you know what i mean yeah yeah this this is going to be a really fucking hard hitting match though. Sheamus is going to look completely red by the end of it because yeah, his fucking gonna... pale skin 
Does like his his chest is gonna look like he's wearing fucking an apron or some shit. Yeah, Seamus is not the lightest worker in the entire world either, so I'm sure they're just gonna beat the absolute <laughs> fuck out of each other. Yeah, that's gonna be Stiffskis for sure. That could be a show stiller if they give them time. Yep. I think Absolutely. that could be a really, 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 really damn good match right there. Uh, and uh, by the way, I fucked up. So the tournament, there was someone who already won their bracket, and they were going against whoever won that bracket. So they went back to the tournament, and Natalia and uh, Sonya Deville actually lost to um, Raquel uh, Rodriguez and uh, Aaliyah. So I forgot about that completely last night. Um, okay, because I thought the whole the, the, the entire gimmick of this was to set up like a main roster group versus a NXT group, I thought. So that's that's why I thought there was one group left. But uh, I only caught a little bit of SmackDown because I was out celebrating my birthdays. Happy birthday, Chris! <laughs> I told him immediately when it happened yesterday. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah, you did. Oh, did. Greatest... Greatest co-host in the world, Dan Dan <laughs> oh, God damn it! Uh, fuck my life. Sorry about that. Happy Happy birthday today. But yes, I I, uh, I missed part of the show, so I, I thought that there was one other group in there, and um, I'm assuming the idea is to set up. Even if you have the main roster women win, it it sets up the crossover between the main roster in NXT for the women's title, so that you can rotate those belts. In and out of different brands, which we've been saying for forever they should do just because, I mean, they have a lot of people on the women's roster, but they don't have a lot of built female tag teams. And that's a good way to get in and out. Uh, you can set up tournaments on NXT, etc. cetera. Um, so it, it kind of makes sense. And I know Aaliyah has been on the main roster. I'm going to put that in quotation. <laughs> I'm not sure that she's not getting shipped back to, to NXT. Yep. That's a, that's a good point as well. She's there, though. She's doing her thing. Now, if they could start treating Ricochet better. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anyways. I'm kind of fucking disappointed now, though, because I thought the pay-per-view title match was going to be <laughs> Natalia and Sonya Deville versus Io and, and Dakota, which would have been a much better fucking match. Yeah, I fucked that whole entire thing up. Um, but anyways, so we had a return, uh, and it was the new day, but it was, they were, they were in the ring. It was very somber. Uh, Xavier Woods was in a wheelchair, uh, the week previous, uh, you know, they had a Viking funeral for the new day. So they said that their careers had got burnt up. Uh, it was actually a funny comment when they said they were going to go to the new day next. Uh, Pat McAfee was like, Oh my God, I thought it was their funeral last week. They survived like just fucking stupidness, but it was actually funny. It, it worked. Um, and, uh, you know, it's Kofi uh, wanted Xavier to talk and Xavier was very sad and, you know, building up to what's going on, why he's in a wheelchair. And then the Viking Raiders came out and, uh, you know, they were going to go and take advantage basically because they're dumb heels and Woods rose out of the fucking wheelchair. I swear to God, like Linda McMahon did at WrestleMania. It was great. Uh, and, uh, you know, they threw the uh, wheelchair at them. 
and they both had kendo sticks that were underneath the blanket that Xavier had, and then they started just beating the shit out of them uh, until they got out of there. So it was uh, it was uh, building up, I guess, the match they're going to finally have. But, hey, we got the New Day back. So there you go. <laughs> and there's a lot of stupid stuff for Maximum Male Models for they're having a photo shoot, and they heard Hit Row's music. So they went to a bus that they thought it was, and then they – uh, put Hit Row Sucks, spray-painted it, ended up being the Street Profits, and then uh, kind of a cool interaction between Street Profits and Hit Row. That was it. I'm glad Hit Row's back. Is that the same group, though, without Swerve? You know, it's not, but I'm, I'm hoping they can make it work. Um, apparently, they weren't ever supposed to have Swerve in the first place. He kind of brought brought the idea to them when they got there so you know aj's pretty talkative on the mic it just uh i don't know we need to see more of them i would say but i i definitely think they could use him i think it's exciting that they're building a tag division in general so i'm glad that they're back and uh we got new day back we're the, the viking warriors just start calling them war machine again for the love of god uh um, yeah yeah, we still have what American Alphas out there. We got the Usos out there. Like we actually, hey, and have then the, the potential of a tag division going on. We have, we have the potential of DIY because you know if you think about it, Gargano. Wait, someone brought this up and I don't remember. Like it would be good for Gargano to get some type of situation with uh, the Miz. Or something like that in the future, but DIY is potential, and then fucking Zane and uh, Kevin Owens too, right? And then uh, the Dirty Dogs, Dirty Dogs together, maybe even DIY. Yeah, I'd be if you throw all those guys in a tag division, that's one hell of a fucking tag division, and I do think there's going to be a focus on that. Um, just because I, that's one of the things I think AEW has done really well is their tag division. So. If Triple H is going to start popping off shots at AEW, which seemingly he did with Johnny Gargano, uh, that would be a good one to have a solid tag division. There was this team they could have signed if uh, Vince wasn't (laughs) around, (laughs) named the Briscoes, like (sighs) three months ago, (laughs) which probably would have really helped them out, but they're they're locked up on a Ring of Honor contract now, so... Oh, well. Stupid. Um, well, but, I mean, we, hopefully we get Motor City Machine Guns and the Briscoes and FTR. More Jesus. Briscoes. That's another tag division. If they get Motor City Machine Guns, I mean, that's one hell of a tag division. Is, is uh, this the best tag team wrestling has been in the past, like, 15 years? I would say the... I, I think I, we might have talked about this recently. It might have been someone else I talked to it, but... Uh, the only time I could think of that it was this dense while I was alive was um, in WWE specifically in probably about 99 to 2002, um, where it was the Dudleys, APA, fucking uh, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, uh, the Road Dog and Billy Gunn. I mean, just an array of tag too, teams. Too cool, the fucking... With Mosh and Thrasher, whatever the, the headbangers. Yeah, just a lot of great tag teams. The, but I think comparatively, if they get their shit together on WWE and AEW, 
it will be the best since the late 80s, early 90s, where it was WWE had Demolition, they had the Heart Foundation, they had the Rockers, they had all these great, and then WCW had, you know, all the fucking amazing tag teams that they had. The Midnight Express, fucking Rock and Roll. Uh, yeah, it's it will be pretty impressive. Pretty Steiners, fucking impressive. Road Steiners. Warriors. And then on the opposite uh, end, the Bulldogs, uh, you know, the Faces of Fear. No, no, not the Faces of Fear. That was Ming. And what's what's uh, the other one with uh, Barbarian? Alpha, Alpha, Alpha and Sika. No, head, not, uh, not the Wild head, Samoans. Head Shrinkers? Head Shrinkers, wasn't that? That was Fatu and um, Rikishi and uh, fucking who else was in that? Tonga uh, Kid? Yeah, the, the Faces of Fear was like Haku and one of the members of that group, and I can't remember right now, which is bad, but... Uh, Barbarian, and then Barbarian was with yeah. Warlord, and they were the God damn it, I can't remember. Um, they were that was a tag team. Yes. <laughs> All right, back. so this this going around our our ass to get to our elbows. Uh, do you want to talk about this main event, man? Yes, sure. Tell me all about. Uh, McIntyre, Sami Zayn. Awesome fucking match. Hard hitting as hell, but there was some bullshit. Because what do you think is going to happen in this match? You know, we have Little Loose out there who previously earlier in the night, almost forgot a vignette, uh, knocked on the door. Jay did not want to let him in. Jimmy was all like, cool. Uh, Jay obviously told Sammy that he saw last week and he saw what he said about him and how he's agreeing with Roman about how he has an attitude and shit like that. So he's mad that he's in there. But Roman wants to see Sammy. And they basically put it to that Sammy is the guy that has to take you know, knock some some uh, some spunk out of Drew McIntyre, knock him down a peg for Roman. But this was all a ploy. Uh, McIntyre ended up pinning uh, Zane and just knocked his fucking like towards the end, just knocked him out with the claymore. But it was just so Roman and the fucking Usos could get in there, beat the shit out of them. Uh, they were all you know just going three on one, and then finally Sammy got his. His wits about him and went and gave uh, Drew a hell of a kick. And then uh, Roman Reigns speared Drew McIntyre inside the ring and said, understand me. The top of the mountain is mine and you won't ever have it until I'm done with it. Uh, Take it from me, please. I want someone to take it from me now. And that was it. That's a lot of confidence if you're like, fucking take it from me. I want someone to take it from me. God, dude. Reigns is on a different level. I I like that a lot. And I like the idea that Sammy is unwittingly a ploy, right? He's going to be – I would keep – if you can't do Roman versus The Rock, if you continue to build Kevin Owens like he is – to have to save his friend, I think that is a very fucking cool storyline. Yeah, that would be awesome. So, like, Kevin Owens has to win the fucking Royal Rumble to get at Roman, for instance, to save his best friend. I think that is a really, really fun storyline that people could get behind. And you get, you can get crazy fucking Kevin Owens, like, hitting all these motherfuckers with chairs and basically just making Stone Cold. 
We've all like everyone's all, always said that. Like all you have to do with Kevin Owens is just make him the anti everything guy, which is one of his best runs was the Kill Steen Kill, the anti Jim Cornette, anti Ring of Honor guy. Um, he's really good at that. So that that is a cool way that they could take that story. And and also if they just threw them in the tag team, you could get there earlier. But uh, I think a lot of what happens with Roman in the future just pivots on whether or not The Rock is going to do a Mania match or not, because that is that was the plan. And even though Triple H is there, I don't know that he would be even brave enough to say that shouldn't be the plan, because The Rock versus Roman is a uh, probably the highest profile match you could have in wrestling. Yep. As far as like pay-per-view buys go. Uh, the man's on a different level, though. I'm loving Roman Reigns. Um, yeah, R- Roman's been fucking great. He was. Uh, did I did who I had Kenny at number one last year, and you had uh, or th- I guess it was it would be technically this year on our end of the year review. I think you, you uh, I had Kenny, and you had Roman, and there's they were the two hottest shits last year, and Roman didn't decline because he didn't go out injured. He's just been fucking great. Even though he's not been there every show, he is still the most important part of that show. Everything should be and continue to be built around Roman. Yep. And he's, I mean, he is the fucking, he's the nephew or not nephew, cousin of the rock. He has kind of like a similar, but different, like almost triple H, uh, circa, I don't know, 2000, 2001. Uh, type of vibe to him, unstoppable. He's got his own lackeys. He's even got Sammy in the whole entire mix. So, uh, you know, and and do you think that him and Moxley were both talking over the phone like, <laughs> we're the undisputed champions. We got two belts apiece, and Seth doesn't have shit. He doesn't have a goddamn <laughs> <Was> it, thing. <laughs> was it you that sent me the sad Seth Rollins meme? It's like realizing yeah. that your homies are both undisputed champions. <laughs> Uh, can I get the 24/7 champion? God damn it, Hunter! Mad. So, did you, so you heard that they're discontinuing that? Their Hunter is gonna get rid of that belt. So I don't know how well, they're gonna I, do that, but he he's openly it's been openly stated on Twitter that that thing is is gone soon. Well, I hope that Dana gets to keep it. Either her or fucking um, uh, our truth. Yeah, <laughs> the two best of the. Uh, which they've played off each other a lot as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, hey, people like Dana Brooke. I like Dana Brooke. She's a very nice person, and she's a decent in-ring wrestler. Put her in a tag team with somebody. Actually, her and Natalia would make a lot of sense in a tag team. Um, uh, have they not been in one by now? Probably. I, I feel know. like Natalia's <laughs> been in the fucking tag team with everyone. Well, Natalia's... Uh, her and Tamina... Uh, her and Alexa Bliss. Um, Natalia takes uh, a lot after Owen in that sense of where she's kind of been involved with <laughs> everyone on the roster. Uh, not, it, not, not in a weird way, but like in like a, like we need a storyline. Who can we put in the nation of domination? If, if Owen wasn't, if you switched them, they'd be like Natalia. That's the perfect <laughs> You know, I think that most people, I feel like the other guys in the nation would be like, wait, what are you fucking doing? But it was like, oh, okay, it's Owen. That's fine, man. 
the fuck is Owen in the goddamn nation for? Uh, I mean, um, but they do they do that with Natalia. <laughs> they just like throw her in random fucking things, and it always yep. kind of works, <laughs> you know. Like, Especially when she takes pictures with a really hot sister. Yeah, those Instagram photos outshine a lot of just her only fans. It's ridiculous. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna. All right. Um. Anyways, so we start off with a match on Rampage last night with the Dark Order and the House of Black. And like I said, we had Alex Reynolds and John Silver and Ten uh, going against the House of Black. And essentially, this would come down to the distraction with Miro. Uh, and just like a lot of mayhem happening, uh, but uh, you know Malachi wasn't paying attention. He gets rolled up. Um, it's this was this was fine. Uh, for I don't know. I know that your your goal and you would have Miro have a confrontation with them afterwards. Uh, but I know that your goal is to get with Miro and probably to Malachi Black. But this did not make them look good in this situation, this loss, especially since, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive. My, but the notes I have from Bleacher Report don't have who pinned who, but I'm almost possible it was Malachi Black who got rolled up. So there you go. Go Dark Order. Hope they win the whole fucking thing. Yeah, a lot of fans were really upset about this match. If you're a lot of House of Black fans, from what I saw, were really upset about this match. And understandably so i will just say like is the build-up gonna be sting versus malachi because you've brought that up in the past well they came out i believe at the end uh to help out miro so it looks like it might be the house of black versus i'm assuming sting darby and malachi but that will be the third trios match if they all go on the pay-per-view Right, but I mean, coming out of that, I want I, I want Malachi and Sting. See, I, I I would almost prefer to see Malachi and Sting, Miro yes. Miro and Brody King, and Darby and and Buddy Matthews or Buddy Murphy or whatever he's going by now. Fuck yeah, I think man! All of those matches are awesome, and all of those styles work really well together. Because with Malachi, you can do kind of a brawling style. With uh, Brody and and Miro, you got kind of like a hoss battle. And then with uh, Buddy Matthews or Buddy Murphy versus Darby, you can do kind of like the agile, I don't want to say indie because it's a bad way to do it, but more of that kind of New Japan Ring of Honor style match. And I think those would all work great. I love it. One thing to note that this that this said was that Vance, I just remember this, He uh, it looked like he twisted his knee. And he was kind of favoring it the whole entire time. So I'm wondering if that might be storyline. I hope he didn't hurt himself, obviously. And that that might be where they have to go with this Adam Page if they're still trying to do Kenny and the Bucks versus the Page and the Dark Order. I have no idea. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, uh, but, yeah. Julia Hart was, was there, I think, in spirit. So the thing about – so I mean this is always going to go back to the Adam Page thing. If you put him in there, the only way to settle this is like he lose, like Kenny pins him and they shake hands or vice versa. And they're just over that because the Kenny feud is Will Osprey. Yeah. So I don't understand the point of Hangman being there at this point. 
Well, their matches, I mean, their matches happen next week on television anyways with the Will Ospreay thing and Kenny. They're the semifinals, so and Dark Order. Yeah, yeah. It's trios. I'm talking about, I mean, this is just to build out a singles match. Well, I, I think that that's actually not a bad idea. If Adam Page is with them, Kenny gets a win over them. They shake hands. Everything's cool. You know, all these guys are now baby faces. And then you afterwards, you pivot to Omega and Osprey somehow. Um, that could that could work, I think. You could do this. And I kind of alluded to it earlier. If you put Hangman in this in this match, right. Is it is it next week or are they doing that on the pay-per-view? That's on uh, Dynamite, the uh, semifinals of that. The finals are on the last thing. So it's whoever wins between that and the Dark Order. Gotcha. Okay. Never mind. My idea won't work then. Um, yeah, if you end up if you end up down the line doing the Kitty Omega Hangman Page, like the finish between those two, you could have Kenny extend the handshake and have Hangman blow him off and then do like a heel run in on the uh the CM Punk thing. If that's been storyline. That's that's very interesting. I like that. And they did tease this, so it it could be that we've all been getting worked, but if you remember back from the hangman match, he had a chance to win via cheating and didn't take that opportunity. And that's how he lost the title. You know, and this is the thing. That's the thing with with this whole entire thing is like I want to give Tony the benefit of the doubt, and a lot of those situations is actually he's just trying to create this, you know, going down the line kind of realism back in wrestling. And if this is an element of that, and this ends up happening, I think that would be really fucking cool. I think that it would be interesting to see Paige as a heel as well. So. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of already seen it, and that's how he got over, was him being the drunk asshole cowboy to Kenny, right? Yep. So maybe this uh, this is where that starts. It's interesting. I don't know. I mean, it could just all, it could just like just be a normal ass match and nothing happens if there really is heat between Punk and Hangman. So we're just going off, you know, what we've heard and uh, my fantasy booking of what I would do. If if Hangman and Punk aren't mad at each other, or even if they are mad at each other, fucking buck up! I'm paying you money. <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. Here. I think Matt Hardy <laughs> and Edge are pissed at each other. You know? Yeah, like you I think, think Kurt Angle problems. and fucking Jeff Jarrett were pissed at each other. <laughs> Kevin Jesus. Sullivan and Benoit were definitely not yeah. best friends. <laughs> Sean and Brett. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep, at at the end of the you. day, it's a job. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got dealt this uh, this chicken shit. Turn it into chicken chicken salad, Tony Khan. And uh, also, if you do do this and it wasn't already planned, please uh, give credits to Wrestling Geeks Alliance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give us our fucking credit, damn it. Um, all right, so we had basically two squash matches. I'll give the first one not so much a squash because Ryan Nemeth, who I found out. And I mean, it makes sense from his selling uh, all the power bombs that he took every fucking stiff move from Wardlow. He looked like he like the life like got sucked out of his body. Uh, but Ryan was taught by his brother, Dolph. So the, or I forget what's what's Dolph's real name, Nick. I don't remember. But Dolph Ziggler 
is what everyone knows him as. Nick Nemeth, yeah. Uh, but Ryan Wardlow, uh, and he came out skating promo on Cleveland. He's from Cleveland, and he wants to know why everyone basically doesn't decide to move to a better place like he did. And then Wardlow came out and just fucking destroyed him, gave him about five power bombs. All of them looked awesome. Uh, and then he won. And that was it. And then and then Powerhouse Hobbs came out against some guy named Ashton Day and murdered him in like two seconds. So there you go. Yeah, that's I mean, that's the setup, right? They're going to have Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs. I just hope at the end of that, you hook hook comes out or something. Right. Yeah, because I do. I do want them to wrap up the Team Taz feud. Uh, but that does seem to be where it's headed. Uh, also, the Willie Yuta thing I think would be great with Hook if you want to put him in the in like a pure tournament or something. I think that would be a a good move as well. Definitely, definitely like those ideas. Uh, they need to be careful with this rampage though, because we talked about this last week. It is starting to feel a little bit like a uh, early '90s WWE show. As far as yeah. like, here's your squash matches, back to back. At least put them like like a little bit scattered out. I'll give them a little bit of a pass because the two the, I think the end idea is to have these two monsters collide. So putting them back to back kind of implants that in your brain. But yeah, they also did this last week with some very short matches. I get that it's a uh, shorter show, but uh, when they started Rampage, they set it off with like basically three matches, and two of them were like 15 minutes apiece. So. Um, you set the bar high, you kind of have to try to surpass that. Yeah, definitely agree. So with with Ryan Nemeth and him getting te- taught by Dolph Ziggler, his older brother, how the fuck do you teach? All right, so when you get power bombed and driven into the mat, just act like you don't have a soul anymore. It just like left your body. You are dead because the kid takes bumps like his brother, but that's like not a genetic thing. I know that he taught him. <laughs> But how do you teach someone to, like, make it look like it kills you, like, every time you get hit hard? Pretty well, impressive I mean, with, is all I'm saying. Yeah, with them being in the same family, I'm assuming they just watched a shit ton of Brett and Sean. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. It's <laughs> a good point. Uh, but, yeah, like, uh, he, he's really good. It, it's weird that he's in AEW. Is he, like, officially signed? He's – I don't even know. He's floated from groups. Like, there was – he was in a group with uh, J.D. Drake and the fucking – what was that ugly librarian? librarian. There you go. Um, he's a very attractive man. I, I don't mean to say that. Anyways. Um, but, yeah, now I don't know if he's in anything, but it just it, – here's the even weirder part. Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, they all have protégés, Chris. This is how old we're getting. Yeah, 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 that's true. But Finn Balor is much older than us, so it's okay. <laughs> Wait, no, for me, he's only like four years older than me. Uh, that's that's much older. When you get to our age, that's much older. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All <laughs> uh, joking aside, uh, what the reason I asked is like, knowing that there's multiple people out there that have gotten contacted by WWE, apparently. Uh, if he's not under co- like a full contract, 
Like him and Dolph together as a tag team, being the brothers, they go both be the Nimeth brothers instead of the Ziggler brothers. That's terrible. Have Dolph cut a scathing promo on fucking Vince and how he has this, this terrible name, et cetera. Uh, but Nick Nemeth actually together. sounds cool. Nick Nemeth is a cool name. Why would you? Well, I guess, yeah, they just want the money. I always forget that. They want to own their name. Yeah, it's not like Ziggler's fucking selling a bazillion T-shirts anyways, <laughs> to be completely honest. You uh, know they would end up being the Ziggler brothers, though. He would be like Pete Ziggler. Uh, right, but that I mean, I, I was thinking of things you could do cool with Dolph and, and changing his name and having him do a promo of like, I've not been able to be myself for this many years or whatever. And then his brother coming in and then being a tag team, I think would be. That'd be awesome. And then he ends up being the Owen to his Brett and just fucks him over later on. Sure. Sounds good. That seems like a good. <laughs> seems like a I'm really down to do that, man. Ryan, call WWE. Your, your brother works there. I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's because I don't remember them putting out one of the. He is all elite, but also he's a lower. He's pretty low on that card. He's so. kind of. Yeah, he's he's all something. He's he's there. <laughs> not trying to be a dick, but uh, he's better than most of the people they have in NXT 2.0. So I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like how Dolph didn't get him a job and left Dolph Ziggler was like, you don't want this job. I don't uh, know. Uh, but yeah, he, 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 he did a good job at taking those power bombs and the matches I've seen him in, I thought he's looked pretty good. Um, I know he's worked more on evolution and dark, but he's had a couple of matches on dynamite where he looked pretty solid. Yep. All right, next match, Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello versus Ortiz and uh, Ruby Soho. It is so weird seeing Ortiz out there without his tag partner. I know that they're apparently not on the best of terms as of right now, but I'm just saying uh, without Santana, it's just not the same, you know? Well, Santana's hurt. He's hurt, but they're also apparently they're not, from what Conan says, um... They they haven't been they they haven't been getting along for a while. Oh, okay, so I, I hadn't heard that, but that sucks if that's the case. Yeah, I I wouldn't believe most people, but I don't know why he's airing their dirty laundry on air. But uh, Conan does know them pretty well, so Conan trying to get fucked up in public again. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> like Psychosis Two or Three or whoever the fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, no. Um, well, hopefully they solve their differences, man. They're a great tag team. I would hate to see them two get separated. I think it'd be really bad for Ortiz as he is the less interesting of the two. Yeah. He's crazy and zany, but Santana just has that, that fucking fire, man, that you just don't have in most wrestlers, I would say. Um, why a lot of people, including me and you, have compared him to the late great Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, and he has a better look too, which helps. But I do love me some more tees. He went with uh, he won in his match against his ex comrade Sammy Guevara. It was fine. Uh, there was a part where basically Sammy started like just ripping at uh, Ruby Soho. So what, what did she do to him? She gave him a hurricane or reverse hurricane Rana. 
Uh, so that was neat. And then, uh, yeah, uh, Sammy and Ty won because Anna Jay interfered and fucked up Soho behind the ref's back, but it wasn't behind the ref's back. She was looking at all of them the whole entire time. So there you go. So with Ruby Riot, what do you do with her after you get out of the storyline? Fucking heal Ruby Riot. It's not like she's not doesn't have a, like a look for it. But I don't think this whole babyface run is really working. Well, I mean, it would have if she hasn't lost to like every top person in the company. Well, maybe they should make her champion just you know like Thunder Rosa because that's apparently their new uh, model for champion. Just beat I mean, up. If Thunder Rosa is really hurt, I, I mean, you would assume that Britt's going to win, and then it's going to be her versus Jamie Hayter, right? Until Thunder's healthy. Yeah, and maybe Tony Storm involved. So I don't see a. Basically, from what you know, you're kind of saying, you got shit going on in the TNT picture, or the, is it the TNT champ or the TBS champ? The TBS championship. You got shit going on in the world title. Where the fuck? Where can she go? I mean, she's already lost to Jade Cargill twice, so you can't you can't run that back. She's already lost to like Britt Baker twice too. Yeah, so it's. Hmm. I don't know. Ruby Riot's a good wrestler. It just it, she's in kind of a weird booking situation. Unfortunately. You know where? <laughs> back to you WWE know? to beat no, up no, Liv no. Morgan. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, yeah, that that whole weird fucking rumor. Um. No, uh, she would be great in Ring of Honor. She would be great winning the 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 belt from fucking Mercedes Martinez. Sure, and she's she has the look and everything. She could like represent uh, I I don't even know if they're associated anymore because we're on the same feud. But like Blackpool Combat Club, you know, potentially. So eventually they're gonna add a female to that roster. Who makes the most? Uh, Serena Deebs makes the most sense. Oh, Layla yeah. Hirsch when she's back, I guess. Yep. One of those two. You would think eventually the Blackpool Combat Club, and maybe they're building to this with uh, Stokely Hathaway's group. Definitely. Something like that. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, I don't care. It's an intergender tag match. I didn't give a shit about this. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, me too. Uh. It is what it is, man. I mean, I, it's definitely the least memorable. And, yeah, when you can't attack the other wrestler, it's kind of just, why didn't you just do two singles matches? Uh, one thing I did want to say, because I just remembered this. So we have Jordan Grace at the next uh, Impact pay-per-view, which I believe is Bound bound for Glory. And she is going against the still undefeated Masha Slamovich. Yes, and I'm hyped for this. I hope Masha Slamovich gets the win here. Me too. I want her undefeated forever. She's great. It's my wife's favorite wrestler. She had a cool, like, fucking video <laughs> package of her with, like, different face paint on and shit. It was pretty cool. My wife um, just likes likes her because, like, well, one, she's very, she, she wrestles in a very strong way, but also the name is just, like, a throwback to, like, the 80s, which is fucking great, right? So her and uh, her and Jordan Grace should have a really good match together. I'm sure that's happened in the past somewhere because I know they've worked in companies together in the past, but uh, I haven't had the time to research that. That should be a really, really fun match. What else is on that pay-per-view? Is, is that the uh, Shelly? The Shelly match oh. for the heavyweight title, I'm assuming. 
Let me uh, let me bring that up real quick. What television show is that? I think that was Nick Arcade. Wow, I can't believe that just <laughs> popped in my head. Um, nope. What's the new? What's, what's the, the new fucking pet? Disney? The, the fucking Doug song always gets stuck in my head. Uh, the and then when they Doug got bought. When they got bought by Disney and they started doing new Doug episodes and they changed the fucking theme song, I was like, nah, I'm out. Oh, what was that one, too? I used to know that one as well. No, that, that, that's a Nickelodeon one. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I saw Doug was on Hulu and I was like, oh, shit, bet. Clicked on it and it was the fucking Disney version. I almost threw something. <laughs> I can't find this motherfucker. <laughs> Damn, dude. It's not even on, like, Wiki. What the hell? Oh, Bound for Glory. That That's the one I fucking was at, you stupid piece of shit. All right, so <laughs> we only have the women's match, and then Josh Alexander and Eddie Edwards is the uh, Impact World Championship. Okay, gotcha. So apparently that already happened. Eddie Edwards won something to become the person to go so yeah all right anyways let's uh get to the last match i believe on this card really good match very classic style uh two great wrestlers love the story going in and i hope this is not the end of dustin Rhodes trying to go possibly for the ring of honor championship or even at least trying to go for the AEW championship in the future but uh claudio Castanoli, the ring of honor champion went against dustin Rhodes. Um, they gave them a good amount of time. It was really uh, technical. Uh, they have fast-paced sequences, though, just good striking matches. It was just a good match. Um, and I just can't believe that fucking, you know, Rhodes is 53 years old. Um, but do you do you do you think Dustin's gonna resign there? I don't know. Like, cause he's doing the fear whatever he's working with qt and training people right yeah so i mean i don't know is he one of the people that triple h or wwe called it's like hey you know your brother's here we could run that back (laughs) and do it in a wwe style on wrestlemania levels type of shit yeah it's it's a wonder if not i mean honestly is it that weird if 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 Dustin were to be like I knew it wasn't going to happen now because this is the beginning of Claudio's run essentially, but see him with the Ring of Honor Championship if he does stay I, with AEW. I mean, I think it would be great. You kind of had Dusty do that later in his career, like hold belts that he was kind of maybe should have held. Did he hold the ECW Championship at one point, or am I going crazy? Either that maybe or the, the MLW. title. I think he, I want to say that he had the TNA belt, but I'd have to go back and. I think he won the MLW one too, but I'm not sure. I know that Terry had that, but. Oh, yeah, I'll take your championship and make it I'll, good. I'll carry it like a some bitch all the way to Japan. I'll go. With, no, you're not going to Japan. No, I'm going to fucking Japan. All right. Uh, Anyways. But yeah, it just, it was a good match. I love seeing Caprice Coleman. Um, on commentary, I'm glad that he, him and Ian Riccoboni pretty much are officially the, you know, guys commentating the big Ring of Honor uh, events. 
and he's great. And anytime you want to replace Chris Jericho with William Regal, because they had that thing where William was headed over to the booth, and Chris is like, "Get out of here, Regal! I'm not doing this!" and then storms off. Like that's you could do that at the beginning of Rampage, actually, just to be honest with you. But good match. We knew who's gonna win. Uh, just feel free to do this with some other person, or even with fucking Claudio. Months later, he gets a fucking upset win to Dustin. Do that. I mean, is the setup going to be Claudio versus Samoa Joe eventually? Is that oh, where they're going with this? That would be awesome. We haven't seen that's, much of Joe. I think he tweaks something. and Two big men slapping slap. technical meat. <laughs> Otherwise, like you, I'm, you know, if they want to run this back at a pay-per-view and have Dustin win the title, I think that would be a really cool moment for Dustin, who's done a lot for the wrestling industry and is a great wrestler. To have him win the Ring of Honor belt, even if it's for a short time, is not the worst thing in the entire world to do. Yeah. Because it would be, as far as companies go, it would definitely be the biggest heavyweight title he's ever held. As far as, like, televised things. Um, so that could be cool. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Dustin's still really fucking good, turns out. <laughs> really fucking good, man. He's got it in his loins, you know? He's like, he's he's kind of the exception to the rule of older wrestlers to some extent. Because, like, Undertaker still wants to do Undertaker matches. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, Dustin, if you go back and watch, like, early Dustin Rhodes stuff at WCW versus where he is now, he focuses all of his matches on trying to do the best storytelling he can do. Yeah. Knowing no. his limitations. Yeah, but then he'll also throw in a Canadian destroyer out of nowhere or a fucking pile driver on the apron, start pretending that, you know, he's he's Can- incredible. <laughs> the Canadian destroyer's more on the other person than you, though. Like, it's more effort yeah. on the guy taking it than. Because <laughs> they have to do a backflip. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I mean,. I mean it's it's just good that he's still out here wrestling and, and passing that knowledge down if he is training people. Even though I will say we haven't really seen any standouts of the Nightmare Factory. It's more just the school of uh, Brian Myers right now. No kidding. In, in AEW. Well, I think that was a week in wrestling. We talked about a lot of stuff, but I think we can finally say that we talked about wrestling for a long time. Not too long, but I hope that you guys out there enjoyed it. Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people. Uh, Plug whatever you'd like to plug, and let's get the funk out of here. Goodbye, lovely people. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, and if you're listening to this next week, wonderful week, or if you're listening to this in the future, have a wonderful future. Uh, If you want to talk to me on Twitter, you can get at me at at Chris R. Patton. Facebook, Christopher.R.Patton. Same on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, enjoy wrestling and have fun out there, guys. Be safe, but have fun. And whatever time that you guys decide to listen to us, we usually record this show on Saturdays and get it out by Sunday to Mondays. So listen to us on every week on any downloadable platform from iTunes to YouTube to uh, Stitcher to Spotify to any of them. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Subscribe, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating. Or just give us a five-star rating anyways, damn it. 
We'll appreciate it. We really will. So you guys have a good one. Until next time, peace out, and let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance reign over you.